Hi guys, welcome to the Church Split. My name is Will. We got Brian with us today. What's up, heretics? And today we are doing a special episode. We are doing a response video to Middle Grounds is Abortion Murder. Now, before we get into that, don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave a five-star review on Apple uh, Podcasts because... Yeah, just help the algorithm, help our, us get our ratings up. Plus, we love sharing them because some of you guys come up with some funny stuff. Some of y'all come up with funny <laughs> stuff. We had a recent troll recently. He's like, here's a four-star review because everyone always has room for improvement. I'm like, hate you, but also funny. Well, also thanks. <laughs> but I'll think, I'll, and then the other one's like, you're so pushy. I'm like, but it worked. It um, work. Anyway, uh, so guys, before we get into this, though, as well, uh, our favorite comment from our last episode. Many of you guys know we went through a series, a uh, four-part series going through Genesis at the beginning. I think we're going to do one more. We're now repointing this direction, this uh, channel back to its roots, which is theology, topical, and apologetics. First, Sincerely Hannah on YouTube said this, love this series. Y'all always have such good takes and fresh perspectives. Can't wait to listen to this as I finish up my chores. <laughs> I love the at the end. I just had to add that. <laughs> so, yep. Yeah, uh, and that's actually what I tell a lot of people to do. Like, look, if you're trying to learn and listen to podcasts or listen to channels, I get it. Most of us don't have two hours to sit down and listen to somebody in front of a TV. But the best time to do it is usually when you're on the road or when you're doing chores around the house. So yep. uh, thank you guys for keeping our obnoxious selves with you as you do your chores. Yep. But uh, I love doing listening to podcasts while I'm cleaning the house. Honestly, my mind engaged. As such a as such a musician, I used to always listen to music and I thought I'd never be able to get past that. But then I realized I was doing myself a disservice if all I did was listen to music and didn't listen to podcasts. Now I actually I'm not gonna lie, I feel legitimately guilty if I'm not listening to a <laughs> uh, an audiobook or if I'm not uh, listening to a podcast. Because I'm like, no, I should be doing something productive, right? Yeah. Like it's so <laughs> don't weird. want to waste the time. Yeah. Yeah, so anyway, but thank you, Hannah, uh, so much for your encouragement. You've uh, commented a few times, and we always have appreciated it because you're actually very very nice, very sweet, and we appreciate all the encouragement, especially because we get a lot of hate, so it's fine. But and, uh, uh, while we're also doing shout-outs because we're going to forget this again, Chris Walters, I want to thank you again for, for being our favorite memester and constantly tagging us and hilarious memes we enjoy them <laughs> yes if you guys have any, you should probably find us on facebook because uh <laughs> not because we're funny but because literally if you just go through our profile you'll find chris walters tagging us continually and hilarious memes uh he is the true meme lord and for that chris we thank you <laughs> now you can stop nagging me for your shout out <laughs> we remembered i remembered yeah it was funny actually i had it in my brain i was like i've got to say it then you uh, you beat me to it so thank you all right so let before we waste any more of your guys' time, we're going to jump into this middle ground episode. Now, many of you guys might already know this, but the church split, we kind of got our uh, breakthrough by doing abortion discussions, primarily a response to Brenda at God is Gray. Uh, we did a response to her, and that kind of put us on the map. Now we are uh, going back to our roots a little bit. We're going to talk about pro-life issues because many of you guys who have been around for a while, you know that this has both impacted Brian's life and my life on a personal level. And for those of you guys who are new here, uh, you're going to hear a lot about uh, how it impacts us probably on our personal level in this episode. Yeah. Well, and it, it impacts churches too. Unfortunately, this is a topic that seems to split churches a lot and cause disagreement. Or we see churches that are just completely running from this topic because they're like, oh, it's too political, has no place in church. It's, it's a moral issue. It's also been co-opted by politics 
and it's also a topic that people will hang their vote on. But it's a moral issue, and it's a moral issue first, and churches should talk about it. Um, it's one of the greatest uh, tragedies we have in our culture right now. Um, so we're passionate about it, and we're passionate about it because it's, it's topical to this podcast, and it causes division, and it really shouldn't because of all the topics we talk about, this one we are so sure that we are on the right side of um, because it's so obvious. So hopefully hopefully that, that obviousness of, of the truth comes out as we play um, this response video as well as what we what we say in response to it. And churches should not be running from it. Nope. It, it's, it's sad. And also I wanted to say every moral issue is a political issue. Every political issue is a moral issue. Every single time politics comes up, it's always dealing with morality. It's how should we respond to this? What's the best thing for us? What's the moral choice? So if people go, oh, well, let's keep politics out of church. It's like, yeah, but I get what you're trying to say with that. But at the same time, politics impacts morality directly. So anyway, with that being said, we're going to discuss this. We've done a response to middle ground before. Uh, we're going to do one again. Uh, I don't mean to pick on middle ground, but this was actually a really good episode. So, If you agree, step forward. If you disagree, stay put. Nobody likes abortions. I don't think anyone likes it. I think they use it, and they might use it incorrectly from my perspective. But I don't think anyone likes an abortion. Like They're not like jumping for joy for it. I think it is a very physically taxing process to go through and I don't think anyone would want to intentionally have an abortion. I think those who get an abortion, most of the time it's because they need to. It's a harmful narrative on both sides of the conversation to say that you know women celebrate abortion. Um, I think it creates a prejudice around women who do get abortions. Um, and I, I don't think that it's good to kind of um, minimize the decision of abortion um, from either side, from either perspective, so. So first off, uh, I like to play this a little bit uh, Brian, would you have walked forward? Ooh, um, I would not have. Yeah, I, neither I, would I. I think I, I kind of agree with both sides that are kind of being presented here, and I see their points. Like Sebastian here first talked about saying no one likes it. Um, and, yeah, I think maybe if people were honest with themselves, they don't like it, even the ones that are very much promoting it and advocates for it. I would argue that deep down they probably don't like it. But uh, there's definitely people that are pushing for it and are celebrating it. Um, in fact, in a couple minutes, you'll hear someone say that she does celebrate it. So um, to that aspect, I think we can take people at their word and, and go with what they say. Correct. Um, I think I wouldn't have either. And that's because, again, there are people who literally do like it, like the way they talk about it. It's, uh, I've been mortified by some of the language that they use. But as Peters, Dr. Peterson has pointed out, Anyone who's truly loving and truly cares about somebody, whether basically any two cents worth listening to, most anyone who's a decent human would never recommend an abortion to someone they love. Yeah. Most people would actually know the fact that this is not beneficial for somebody and it's hurtful um, and it's not an easy decision. There's a reason why we say it's not an easy decision and that's because it's still not a good thing. Right. Yeah. So I, I even most pro-choicers don't love it, but there are a group that do. Yeah. And Mila here says that most of the time it's because they need to, which 
I, I love that she said this because it also then shows that there's times where they don't need it. And um, we kind of got some flack before in some of our abortion videos talked about the convenience reasons for abortion. And I think as you guys listen to this, I want you to think and hear the several convenience reasons you're going to hear for abortion today. And even though we will hear this kind of red herring out there that says, oh, well, they need it. Um, I think that's that's a false premise lots of the time. And we have a whole video going over the data of abortion that does actually show that the overwhelming majority is actually due to convenience reasons. Now, this isn't, to, of course, to say that every single woman, no, that a woman doesn't have a situation that's to be empathized with, to be cared about, that she's not going through, gone through something or going through something. Yeah. But they are still largely convenient issues, convenience-based issues, I should say. So... Uh, all right, let's see what other people have to say in this little circle. So, can the disagreeer step forward? Um, I think if you asked me this question maybe several years ago, I would have said nobody likes abortion. But I think in today's climate, it is much more celebrated. As a pro-life person, I've had people tell me that they will dedicate their next abortion to me. Um, instead of helping women, they will have an abortion. I've, had, I've heard very similar responses to you. Things like, um, I'll, I'll donate to Planned Parenthood in your name. And there's other pages like Shout Your Abortion that um, openly celebrates abortion rights. Yeah, I celebrate abortion and I think that campaigns like Shout Your Abortion aren't about like getting in your face, but women who choose to have abortions uh, suffer a lot of stigma and trauma from people who stand outside clinics and have grotesque images and literally, you know, damning your soul. Um, abortion as a medical procedure and resource is something that I do celebrate. It's a human right and I love abortion. And that is why I wouldn't have walked forward. <laughs> um, she, Rocky is literally the worst in this. Um, there's yeah. multiple things that she has said there. Go ahead, Brian, I know you are. Well, first off, I wanna talk about what Christine said. So yeah. one of them was like, okay, uh, Christine um, says people dedicate their next uh, abortion to their pro-life person. I have personally experienced this as well. Uh, so this is why we thought about that. Now, what's funny too, is that Christine literally looks like a fundy. Like it, it, she d does talk later how she's a Christian and she believes she's the only one with the proper worldview. Um, but oh, that's Abby, that's Abby. That's oh, that, that's, sorry. Yep. Sorry. You're right. I am wrong. Christine's the other lady. My bad. So Christine to mention that then Abby, uh, mentions that they'll donate and put to Planned Parenthood in their name. You're right. Um, she's a Christian girl who looks like a fundy. My bad. Um, but Abby seems very nice, although uh, her apologetic early, later on is a little presuppish, precep mm -hmm. which I don't think was very effective in this. Yeah. Um, so You need to have some common ground in order to, I think, uh, make a compelling case. Um, and while we think that the moral case against abortion is very much steeped in a Christian worldview. We also believe it's very much steeped in science and reason and logic. Um, so, and this might be controversial. I don't think you need a Christian worldview to be against abortion. I think it's pretty obvious. If you're against killing of people, you should be against abortion. Right. Um, and we have a quote from the shoutyourabortion.com. Um, it says, I've been able to help people face the initial fears that I had. I am at peace with my decisions. I do want kids in the future, but not now. Right now, I am living for myself unapologetically. 
And this is why we say abortion is largely selfish in motivation because right there, living for myself, I don't know how more selfish it can be. Um, and why it's convenience-based because this person didn't want their selfish life inconvenienced. Yeah, and even they, they if you caught it, they put a little overlay from Wikipedia on what Shout Your Abortion says they are, and they say they're a social media campaign, campaign where people share their abortion experiences online without sadness, shame, or regret. Sounds like they are celebrating it, because if you're if you're talking about without those things, then you're essentially saying, oh, there's nothing wrong with it. Therefore, it would say that they are liking their mm -hmm. abortions. So now let's talk about Rocky. And when I say she's the worst in this, it's because she is literally the personification of all leftist ideology when it comes to abortion during this. Yeah, I would say the and it's a little bit unfair um, by Jubilee, but I think the people on the pro-choice side, she's the only one who's actually kind of thought about this. The other three, you'll notice, don't really have coherent arguments, and they really haven't really given... It seems to me they haven't given it much thought. Yeah, it basically feels like a lot of the people... Have, uh, on the pro-choice side, have given about 30 seconds of thought to this. And this happens actually a lot with pro-choice people. A lot of pro-choice people I talk to, they've only put a few seconds of thought. You can get them contradicted and spun around and twisted in knots within seconds. And not because you're playing word games, but literally because they haven't thought about it. Mm -hmm. So as soon as you start asking the basic questions that you would think they'd have a response to, they don't. Um, but she is about every person that I've ever interacted with uh, in the comment section of Feminist News. So, uh, But we'll go ahead and move forward because she says literally, yes, I celebrate abortion. Yeah. And she says like it's bad to be against it because she's like, what do you, you guys believe like it's literally damning your soul to hell? It's like, well, we, well as Christians, we think all sin is is removing you from heaven and, and damning yourself to hell. And But we also would say that the blood of Christ would cover all sins. You accept Christ and believe this includes, even if you had an abortion. So we're not looking to to deride women. We're not looking to make them feel bad. We just want to speak truth. Right. And again, I am also thinking of the women who would be born of the womb before they are uh, jettisoned from it in yeah. a brutal manner. Uh, so then she also says that, well, a lot of, you know, it creates um, stigma. These people sit outside and she talks about like this graphic, horrible photos. I'm like, yeah, that's what you're advocating for, though. Mm -hmm. That's why people have those signs out there, whether you like that method or not. Um, sometimes shotgun methods work, which is sometimes why we speak the way we do on this program, because sometimes you need a shotgun method. Um, and that's what that's for. So go look what this this does this look like? A clump of cells that's been torn in half? That looks like a child, doesn't it? Yeah. So that's probably something to think about before you walk into that clinic and have it done. It's So when she's talking about that, and that it creates suffering and stigma and trauma. One, there's nothing wrong with creating stigma on something that should be stigmatized. Yep. First things first. Like, okay, why, why is that bad to create stigma on something? You first have to show that stigmatizing it is bad. You have to demonstrate that. She's literally stigmatizing the pro-life side. Exactly. <laughs> That's the irony. It's like, okay, so I'm, I'm sh I should be stigmatized. Okay, cool. And then the other thing, she says, trauma. Can I just say that in this victim-obsessed world, telling somebody something is wrong and making them have the sad is not trauma. Yeah. Uh, many people know what trauma is. In fact, uh, 
many of those girls even going to the clinics might know what trauma is. But to call it traumatizing because somebody is speaking down about your life decisions, it's like, I don't know, I get spoken down. We get spoken down. Everyone does about what they do with their life all the time. If that's traumatizing, then I don't know what to tell you. But this is kind of that moral sub- subjectivism at play here, right? Oh, yeah. Um, she wears that that card really well. Oh, yeah. But, of course, like most postmodern views or uh, most people is, are modernists at heart, but like most mo- uh, moral subjectivists, uh, they're very subjective when it comes to morality and how dare you judge somebody's uh, feelings or thoughts or morals. If you disagree, like that's the thing. It's like, no, no, all must be accepted except for yours. Uh, so you'll see more of that as this goes on. If so, you think we're being too harsh on Rocky, here's her intro and she can prove us right. Um, my name is Rocky. I use she, her pronouns. I'm from Austin, Texas, and I am very pro-abortion. I think that legislation like SB8 opens the door and the path towards handing over our bodily autonomy to the state. I don't understand how um, anyone can justify using their personal beliefs to take away the rights of others. You want to jump on that one first? (laughs) Jump on that one so fast. Because first off, she first called it a medical procedure. And as you pointed out, Brian, why celebrate it then? Uh, Do you celebrate your colonoscopies? What about your teeth getting cleaned? (laughs) But she, she says that you're pushing essentially your beliefs onto somebody else, which is ironic because what about the belief of the child involved? You don't think about that. What about our beliefs? You're pushing your pro-choice beliefs on everybody else. This is why I will never buy moral shame from, like moral outrage from people. I don't do it. I don't buy it because you're going to try to shame me and make me feel bad about my moral, about my moral position. Yep. Well, and tell me I'm wrong because I shamed you and you're going to start on shame me. I, I hate that. Remember all that preacher boys drama a while oh, back yeah. when I spoke about victims? That's why I didn't care. I was like, I don't care. Like, because you're going to shame me, but I can't. But oh, will your victim shaming? But I can't speak truthfully about someone else. That's why I'm just trying to make morality talk about it objectively, not subjectively. It just doesn't work. And I, every side tries to have the corner on the moral outrage. We just don't buy into it. And everyone. And so the biggest thing is this fight always moral. I want the corner on what is truthful, not about trying to shame you. I actually, I, I'm okay with shaming you. Like I am totally okay with shaming people. There is nothing wrong with shaming people. When my daughter misbehaves, Hey, have you ever shamed your son? Oh yes. Is it shame a good motivator? It is. Weird, right? I've shamed myself, too. I'm like, that was stupid. <laughs> yeah. Don't like, say that again. Shame is not bad. Why do we make it out like shame is bad? Um, Dr. Uh, Jonathan Pritchett cracked me up because he's like, by the way, there's nothing wrong with shaming Christians to act like better Christians. <laughs> Carry on. I was like, thank you. <laughs> but then also, can we just please mention the fact that she opened up with her pronouns? Yeah. Like we said... She is postmodernism in a nice, perfect, perfectly presented package here for you because um, she is going to check all the boxes of that side. And uh, you can see it's really, it's really politics and a worldview that's molding her position and not logic, reason, or whatever. She's just like, well, this is what I'm supposed to believe because this is the camp I'm in and these, uh, this is what I'm told is right. Yeah. Um, also, uh, she says she keeps referring to it as a human right. You know, it's someone's right. It's someone's right. How? How is this someone's right to an abortion? Because right deals with an inalienable right from your creator, right? Something you're born with. Mm-hmm. Am I born with the right to an abortion? No. No. In fact, actually, the fact that you have to have a, 
a, a procedure to forcefully enter your body, to forcefully jettison the, the child by ripping it in half, crushing its skull, sucking it down a vacuum, giving it uh, uh, the child um, poison. Sounds kind of traumatic to me. Yeah, it kind of sounds traumatic. And it also <laughs> sounds like it's not necessarily right because it's not something that it was a- actually capable of doing on its own. Mm-hmm. So it's not something you were born with. In fact, you were actually born with the ability to uh, bear children. So, um, And again, if we're talking about bodily autonomy as the right then scientifically speaking, the unborn baby is not your body. I, you know, I've talked about this before, but your body does not have different blood types. It does not have different DNA structures. It has, does not have two different types of genitalia. It does not have two brains, two hearts, four lungs, uh, four eyes, four pairs yeah. of lips, uh, 20 fingers. It, your body doesn't have these things. Your body, it, what does it be go from child's body to your body, uh, your body to child's body. When does that happen? When it magically goes through the birth canal? Yeah, unless you have a C-section, then all bets are off, I guess. <laughs> I mean, again, what is scientifically different between the seven month, like my daughter being born around seven months, what's the difference between her at seven months, which can be illegal abortion ages, where she could, that means they can survive, by the way. Mm-hmm. That is a viable child, and you just chose to kill it. And I know, because my child was born again at seven, uh, seven months, she got an IV, uh, when she was born, and she screamed because she felt the pain. I'm sure she would feel pain of scissors through her skull. But yeah. um, same with your child born at 25 weeks. Yeah. And it's like, so again, it's not your right, and it is not your body. Stop it. Anyway, we can move. Well, and before you guys say that we we can't have an opinion on this, we both held held our own children at the age in which a lot of people would be okay with aborting them. Held them in our hands. So, you know, something to think about from a scientific perspective. Also, she mentioned the SB8 Texas law, um, which as we're recording this right now, the current stance is that the Supreme Court uh, rejected a lawsuit by the Federal Department of Justice against the state of Texas. They said, you have no basis for this. What are you doing? And then the other lawsuit, um, they they rejected putting a stay or blocking um, the the order going through, the law being applied, um, and they sent it down to the federal courts and said, you guys figure it out. Um, so right now, SB8 stands, and it is not how she characterized it. It is a law that allows uh, anyone to sue abortion providers for killing babies. Um, and it's kind of an interesting legal loophole they're pulling with because Roe v. Wade did not address this. So that's why the, the left pro-abortion, they're in full outrage about this bill because um, it went around Roe v. Wade and they don't like that. So they're upset. <laughs> they created a loophole. Um, and I'm all about create. I'm okay with creating legal. I, I put a lot of thought into that too. I remember I was going back and forth like, ooh, I'm not sure if that's the best way for civilians to be able to. Pre-. But I thought about it. I was like, you know what? I'm actually okay with any legal loophole that allows people to save children. So you know and what to penalize those who would go against the law and go kill other people. So, And it's working. It's substantially reducing abortion in Texas. Substantially. So far, the fact that men are talking about getting vasectomies so that they don't accidentally um, impregnate women. And to that, I'm like, hey, there's one step a little bit farther Hold up. towards responsibility. Hold up. So we have more vasectomies going on. So we were always told that women needed it because men 
Don't take responsibility. Yeah, I thought that was kind of an interesting response. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it just goes to show that men, and by the way, you'll notice that with the pro-choice man here, he says exactly what a lot of pro-choice men do. They don't want the responsibility. So anyway, Rocky is, the. you can just tell she's everything that the left is. Um, yeah, I'd say she's the, probably the most extreme on the pro-abortion side. And now we're going to have, I think... I don't know. What do you think? The most extreme person on the, the pro-life side in this video? Right. So in short, her whole idea of using your personal beliefs to take away the rights of others, um, that's literally what she is doing. And yeah. those others you are taking rights away from are children with bodily autonomy whom you're robbing of their entire life. Yeah. It's only some people get bodily autonomy in her perspective. Right. Probably those who give pronouns. My name's Abby. I'm from Orlando, Florida, and I'm an abolitionist of human abortion. We have to ask the question of what makes humans valuable. So because my worldview as a Christian gives me a foundation for human worth, and because I believe scientifically fetuses are human beings from the moment of conception, I am against abortion. I did want to pause on that one real fast. Yeah. So Abby's the one, not Christine, Abby's the one who's, I'm like, she looks like the fundy. Um, she says she's an abolitionist. Now we've done some great interviews with Jake Eakin. We've done uh, with... Um, uh, Laura Clausen. Laura Clausen. Um, I wanted to call her Renee Clausen because that's <laughs> so one of my favorite composers is named Renee Clausen. So I almost always have to think before I say Laura nice. Clausen because <laughs> uh, I'm like, wait, hold on, not not Renee. There we go. Anyway, um, they're both abolitionists, and I have high respect for that. And she does make a good point here because as a Christian, we believe mankind's created the image of God. We do have a foundation for morality. We say no, we are not a cosmic accident. We are more than just uh, biological accidents. We are more than just a cosmic uh, accident. We are actually valuable creations. So she is correct in that aspect. Um, and I thought she put it very succinctly. Uh, I would love have to would have loved to see her or somebody actually demonstrate the moral argument in the middle of it. Be like, well, if there yeah. is no God, you actually have no claim to bodily autonomy, rights, or any sort of morality. And we've talked to people who've been on Jubilee in the middle ground, and they say these are like three, four-hour recording sessions. So there's a lot that's left on the cutting room floor. That is true. So it's very possible they've made the moral argument, and they're like, meh, boring. So hopefully well, I, they did. We get a hunch that Jubilee is quite much on the lefty side of the spectrum. Um, that's my hunch. But anyway, uh, so she, yeah, she's right about the foundation of human worth. And she says fetuses are human beings from moment of conception. And she is right, because if they aren't, then what are they? Right? Yeah, if they're not human, what are they? Yeah, if you say <laughs> it's just a clump of cells, well, a clump of cells does not become self-aware. <laughs> a clump of cells doesn't have its own DNA that and eventually can get a college degree, okay? If you left that clump of cells to its own devices, it literally becomes a walk-and-talkie uh, human being and eventually maybe a parent and maybe uh, that same clump of cells, mm -hmm. by the way, an old man and dies uh, a nice long life. So they make clump new of clump of cells. <laughs> it's so absurd. With other clump of cells, it's almost like they're human. <laughs> <laughs> so it, that's um, it's actually a thing in general. When someone has to keep trying to reshape and redefine some, something that's super simple, I always get very, very nervous. Be yeah. careful of framing. People frame it as a clump of cells, but then they won't define what that clump of cells really is. Look, even the, the most um, hardened abortion uh, promoters have abandoned the clump of cells argument it's kind of old. It's it's from the 70s and 80s, and 
we're kind of past it. It's kind of sad to see people still use in that argument. In fact, there's actually doctors and stuff. Like, if you talk to the most pro-choice doctors and whatnot, because they know the biology, they know what's mm-hmm. going on, they will usually refer to it as the baby sometimes. Have you noticed those Freudian oh, yeah. slips? They'll be like, oh, the baby, the baby, the baby. I've heard it multiple, mentioned multiple times. They'll admit it, that you're ending a baby's life. Truth is kind of annoying like that sometimes. Biological fathers should have an equal say in abortions. Well, I think so. I mean, it's consistency. Like, if we're defining that as a life, if it is a life to put a kid up for adoption, both parents have to agree. I agree. I have talked to lots of women who've had abortions, and I've talked to lots of men who are hurting. They're, they're completely heartbroken. They would have raised the baby. They wanted to raise the baby. They begged for the life of the baby. And they obviously created the baby together, but only one of them gets to decide if their child gets to live or die. I would like to say, from more of an honestly feminist perspective, um, men have responsibility as the other parent of that child. Ironically enough, a lot of the times when um, pro-choice people put the focus completely on the woman, they strict the man of all his parental rights and responsibilities. And I think that's why actually a lot of men who are pro-choice are pro-choice because they don't want to have those fatherly responsibilities that they will have once the child is born. You left us, man. I want to know why. <laughs> the, the man who's on the abortion side uh, almost went forward, then he didn't, then he did, and then he like he was again. This man probably put about thirty seconds of thought into all this. Yeah. Now I, I have got to say, Ayala. I don't know how to say her name. Ayala is highly intelligent. Yes. And she is super sharp. She, that girl cuts like a knife when she speaks. So she's so right that when you say that a man does not have equal rights in the say of an abortion, that not only are you stripping him of his parental rights, but also of all responsibility. So you can't have it both ways. Okay. You cannot sit there and go, well, women have, uh, should choose whether or not they can have the baby. Um, okay. Oh, you killed the baby? Okay, so she can kill the baby. That's her choice. Sir, you have no right to say no, no right to it. But if she chooses to have the baby, you must take responsibility and pay child support. Pick a side. You can't it's either she is a strong independent woman and that child has no bearing of the father or it does. It's, this is a, I want to have my cake, I want to eat it too, I want to have it both ways. You and this is and this is actually what straight up infuriates me about the leftist view on this. It's we wonder, so it's funny, look at more conservative circles. You will find men with jobs, men who work, men who will marry a woman, men who oftentimes will have multiple ch- children with a woman. You find that a lot. Now, of course, as you could say, oh, well, there's this situation. I'm not, ca- I'm talking generality, okay? Oh, yeah, they're not perfect either. Yeah, okay, whatever. But you will find that more often. But then you go in these other circles and you find a bunch of boys, and I say boys because they don't want they, – oh, they might have a job, but they just want to hook up on Tinder, bro. They mm-hmm. want to have a good time. They want to go out. And that's all I hear. Oh, I just want to party. I want to have a good time. I've talked to men uh, – I talked to a man today in his late 50s that still has that mentality. Oh, yeah. Well, the average um, the average age now of, of a woman to get pregnant for the first time and, and keep it is 28, and that's up from 22 from just 10 years ago. So it's it's kind of insane how much how much all the children – are waiting to be very far into adulthood before they're willing to finally add some responsibility. They want this decade, two decades worth of just having fun, no responsibility, have that job, make some money, do whatever you want, buy that nice car. 
And it's, and it's kind of funny because most of these people probably super anti-capitalism, but they want to live the capitalism life, right? They just want to consume. Right. A very hedonistic. Um, yeah. And uh, of course, I think, Brian, I think you and I would both say we both get to walk forward in this. We you would both walk oh, yeah. forward. Like, heck, yeah, we both have equal say. Yeah. Um, and they get to say no. <laughs> yeah. Do you know how heartbreaking? I, I've, have you watched the videos of men pleading for their child's life outside oh, yeah. an abortion clinic? I can't imagine. Like, I think that would actually break me as a human. I don't even want to know. I would probably commit some illegal crap if that happened. You'd be visiting me behind bars, I think, um, because I just can't imagine that. Uh, so, and this is what it comes down to. This is why, it, again, this it gets rid of people's responsibility because what people want is they want to have all the fun of sex because sex is a lot of fun. Brian will never admit that because he'll turn, he'll <laughs> he'll get blush and it gets very embarrassed, and then I have to. There's a lot of tears and sobbing, and it gets very awkward for everybody. <laughs> but sex is supposed to be a lot of fun. That's the way God designed it. Sex is fun. But it's meant for two people, and there's a reason why sex is a lot of fun, but also creates children, because children do best in two-parent households. All the data shows that children do best in two-parent households of a father and a mother. All the data shows this. Um, to speak against this, that should be very anti-science. So sorry, not sorry. So all children do best in a two-parent household. It's because sex, the Sexual Reproductive Act, is meant to bring a man and a woman together so that way they can uh, enjoy something together that's unique to them and then also create a child to both co-parent. It is – that's what it's designed for. There's yeah. a reason for it. Um, so, again, this guy literally has never – so then this guy comes forward and they ask it about whether he should come or whether he shouldn't come up yet, um, why he didn't. Uh, so we should probably watch that next part. Do you have anything else to say? The other thing I was going to add, I would, I would love if any kind of conversation like this, when you get, get a side that's so pro-abortion and they're not acknowledging the body autonomy of the baby, I would love them to ask, what if a three-year-old wants to change their gender? Should they be allowed to? And I can almost guarantee they would be like forcefully, yes, it's their body. It's their choice. They can have the autonomy for that. And it's like, well, it's interesting because... Only a couple of years ago, you're like they have no choice in the matter, and they're just they're not even a person. But a couple of years later, if they if they're espousing my political ideology, um, my cultural identity, then yes, all for it, hoorah, hoorah. I think it really shows your principles if you're willing to apply them, regardless of age, regardless of circumstance, regardless of gender or race. Actually, before we continue on to hear what this guy says uh, about why he went forward and didn't go forward. Um, we recently had a comment on YouTube that asked the question because apparently some pro-choice advocates that are now trying to make a distinction because you mentioned it, it, it was a human life, mm. that there's a difference between a human life and personhood. And so, the, uh, of course, I think their whole point is it can be human life, but doesn't mean it has personhood yet for its own bodily autonomy. Yeah. Sounds like some slaveholders. Ooh. That was yep. their argument. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it is. Well, it's a sl my slave... It's a human slave, but they don't have personhood. They don't have rights. They don't have freedom. They can't vote. Sound familiar? Yeah, exactly. And also, as soon as, yeah, because if you try to, on what basis can you even separate human life and personhood? A person is a human. A human is a person. They're synonymous. A human being's have personhood. There's no human being that can't have personhood, and you can't have personhood without a human being. So you must first demonstrate how those two can actually be separate. Look back at all the atrocities we've seen over the history and over the years, uh, and almost all of them include that attempt to separate personhood from humanity. Every single time. And uh, 
we like to do it because then that means that we can control them. And then our bodily, bodily autonomy is, is more important than theirs. It's really a dangerous perspective. Yep. And uh, everyone's for it until they're the ones being subjugated. Exactly. Unless you have principles. Well, Dr. Craig talks about that, too. When you talk about like people's mortality, like, well, we're all going to die one day. What makes life purposeful? If there's no God, life is no meaning. And he said it's funny because so many people are like, well, life, death is just part of life. He's like, because many people think of it from a third-person perspective. Mm-hmm. Of course, death is part of, of life. We, we see it from a third-person party. So therefore, when someone dies, like, oh, that's terrible. But I mean, it's part of it. Whenever think of it, I'm going to die. Will is going to cease to exist. I don't think about it that way. Just like I don't think of what is it like if somebody stripped me of my personhood and said I'm no longer a person. Yeah. So if someone tries to do, do that to you, I bet you're going to fight. I bet you're going to fight like hell. I bet you are. Absolutely. Too bad we don't let the babies do that. (laughs) I'm mad conflicted about this because I strongly feel like a man should not have control over what a woman does with her body. I more so have an issue with when a man doesn't actually want that baby. She wants it and then expects this man to like be the ultimate provider and child care and all this extra stuff, right? But in the case of if the man wanted it, the baby and the woman didn't want it, he has no say so. I think that's a fucked up dynamic. So that's why I was going back and forth. Well, you should have stayed then. It sounds like, you, it sounds like you're for I mean, men you, having more rights I just, I just, I just can't force a woman to be like, no, you have to do this. Because I think it's fucked up. It's her body. But it's also like it's a child's right life in there. It's not just her body. It's a child's and life. And it's also your son or daughter. I think truly, in my eyes, it's like it's my body. I get to do what I want with it. And I don't think anyone, including the person, the other person who's involved, should have a say whether I want to keep it or whether I want to get an abortion. <laughs> so you can definitely tell he's like, this is messed up. I don't know how to do Because he just brought up exactly what you, we talked about. Yeah. Literally just what we just dis- dis- discussed. Then what's her name? What is that lady's name? Mila. Mila. Mila straight up is like, uh, I don't think anyone should tell me what I should do with my body. It's not your body. You have to demonstrate how, you again, your own body can have its own blood type, its own separate DNA, its own separate genitalia, its own separate brain, its own multiple different eyes, and that, that somehow those can come and go after sperm isn't put in there and creates a whole separate situation after a situation that you most likely willfully, out of your own free choice, created. You have to demonstrate that. It is not your yeah. body. I love what you said, too, like, men should not have control over what a woman does. Switch that around. Should a woman have control over what a man does? A boy? A baby boy? What about woman having control over what another woman does? You know, it's it's kind of the logic doesn't flow. Well, well think it's about it. Like she's like, he's like, well, I don't think a man should tell a woman what to do with her body. Okay, but uh, we do every day. We've pointed this out before. We tell people you can't use your body to murder. Yeah. You can't use your body to steal. Now you might say, well, murder uh, violates another person's bodily autonomy. Cool. All yes. right. <laughs> we tell people every day then that, which by the way is abortion, but whatever. Okay, cool. Um, I can't tell a woman what to do with her body. If she uses her body to steal, I can't tell her that's wrong. If she uses her body for... To slander, to... Yeah. Or to speak horribly, because that's all... Our speech is part of our body. I mean, where do you draw the... We say things are wrong and illegal and horrible that we... All the time. Because people do things that are horrible all the time with their body. It's... That's the we, primary method in which people do immoral things. 
Exactly. <laughs> Good grief. I mean, um, there are so many things that we say are illegal that people do with their own bodies. Uh, and that doesn't even impact somebody else's life necessarily. Uh, the person still is yeah. able to live and breathe afterwards. It's just... What he says to you, like, oh, women expect us to be, like, the ultimate provider and childcare and all this extra stuff. It's like, it's not extra that you expect her to do it. You expect her to provide. You expect her to care for the, the baby. Why Why are you like, well, I, they expect me to, like, have responsibility and stuff? Like, man, no, it's not cool. Well, <laughs> can you imagine, too? So notice that. He is wanting to skirt the responsibility, mm-hmm. right? That's what this is. He he's like, oh, but then you know, if he if I want the baby, but she doesn't want it, that's up to her. Uh, but if she wants the baby, then suddenly I have to be responsible. Uh, and now, and again, he wants to shirk the fatherly responsibilities, and we find that mm-hmm. out even more later. Yep. Um, which is funny that he wanted to go forward in that. Uh, it's a, it's kind of messed up. But yeah, uh, you'll find out that the plot always thickens in these middle ground episodes. It's what keeps you it's what keeps you hooked. Um, but point is here is that he point he, he he mentions exactly the issues that we brought up. He thinks that it's wrong because a man is suddenly held up to these standards. And you're right. He's the reason why he was conflicted was because he had that logical contradiction. He realized that if the father has to have responsibility to provide, then the father should also have the responsibility to keep the child and have equal say. So if it's equal, it's equal. Yeah. Here's his intro. You can hear more about Asher. My name is Asher. I currently reside in Las Vegas, and I'm for pro-abortion. I used to be against abortion until an unwanted pregnancy happened uh, to me. If you know for a fact that you're not even going to be the best parent for that child, or you can't provide for that child, or maybe you're just fearful and don't want to pop a child out of you, uh, or just whatever reason that you have, I feel like you shouldn't have to go through with that, you still have that choice over your life, your body. Wow. <laughs> so I was pro-life until I personally be, was inconvenienced. And then suddenly I'm like, okay, hold up, kill the child. Like she told me she was pregnant and I couldn't play Xbox anymore. So I was like, let's kill it. So like this right here, it's, he just exposed it. It's a selfish motive. It is purely from a place of selfishness. But why, why did you love that he said it happened to him? Like it's like oh, just like minding my own business, and all of a sudden my girlfriend was pregnant. Like how did that happen? <laughs> Biology. <laughs> <laughs> you put things in certain places, and certain things happen. It's crazy. <laughs> um, if only people had written about this in a book. Um, so <laughs> it uh, should not be a surprise. <laughs> it should not. If people say it's a surprise pregnancy or an unwanted pregnancy, I'm like, if you're doing the thing, you can't really say it was a surprise. So then the other thing that Asher does here um, that is that he straight uh, that he exposes. So then he goes, well, what if, you know, you're not going to be a good parent? Then step up to be one. That's the point of parenthood. Parenthood makes you better. At least it should if you're doing it right. It's, man, I don't know what I'm doing. I, I, the amount of times I hear people say, wow, I'm not ready to be a parent. You think, Ed, Brian, were you ready? No, no one was ready to be a parent. I guarantee you. Yeah, none of us are like, yeah, dude, I was totally ready for sleepless nights, crying children, get, trying to figure out how to navigate this. No one's ready. At least That's not for the, the first. adventure. If you've had like seven kids and you're like pregnant with your eighth, like, you know what you're getting into at this point. Right. But your first child, I, everyone has those same sentiments. You have fear. You have fear of the unknown. 
you have self-doubt that you don't know if you're going to be a good dad. I think every man is worried about that. Like, I don't know if I can provide. I don't know if I can be the, the father that child needs. Maybe maybe you had a bad father. Like, I don't want to be the dad I, I had. I get it. Those are all valid concerns. But don't kill it. Right. And then all, but, and again, it's just allow yourself to grow. That child can be the best growth you've ever had and then become your best friend or the greatest thing you look forward to. You know what? After I work a long, stressful day at work, you probably have the same thing. I'll come home and I hear my daughter, she's a little over one year, one year old. And she, I hear her go, eh. <laughs> I'm like, well, I look, and she's already crawling to the baby gate to see dad. And she sees me, she goes, in other words, pick me up, mm-hmm. father. And uh, I pick her up, and then she just contentedly sits there, and then she reaches her arms out back out for mom and goes, okay, I'm done with you. But, you know, I really look forward to that. Yeah. It's like one of my favorite things. I love it, too. I and- love when my, my son's just excited to see me. You know, recently he's been telling me that he loves spending time with me. I'm like, uh, whew. I don't like to talk about my feelings that much, but that I feel that. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, man, I love spending time with you too, man. Uh, what if you're going to be a bad parent? Or what if you're not ready? No one's ready, okay? No one's ready. Or what if you just don't want the, t- the pregnancy? And it's like, who talks? Then you shouldn't be having sex, okay? Let's just, I mean, I know everyone's like, well, that's an unrealistic expectation. But seriously, if you're like, I cannot handle a child, you shouldn't have sex. Just like this. I did not go into the military, Brian, I did not go into the military. We have friends of ours that were in the military. Shout out. Hi, Dan. How are you doing? You're looking great, as always. Um, love what you did with the place. Anyway, um, so, <laughs> but then I did go into the military. Why? Because I knew that if I entered the military, I already have authority problems. And I didn't like that. I didn't yeah. like the idea of being that strictly regimented, that my life not being my own, that the government gets to tell me where to go and what to do. I didn't like that. So you know what I did? did didn't do I didn't go to the military. Yeah. You'd have the fa- the same expression we have if someone was like, oh, yeah, I got engaged to my girl, but, man, I was worried I wouldn't be a good husband. I had a lot of fear and whatever, so I killed her. <laughs> like, you'd be like, what? <laughs> don't, no, don't. If you don't want to marry her, don't ask her to marry you. Right. The, the conclusion of this, this responsibility that's expected, comes from the choice that you made. If you don't think you're ready for that responsibility, don't make the original choice. It's not that hard. That's why we're looking at this guy like, what? And that's why this abortion is so nonsensical, because it's the same logic. And I guarantee you, everyone who's pro-abortion is like, oh, yeah, don't kill your fiance if you don't want to marry her. I agree. Don't kill your baby if you don't want him either. Right. And then the other thought, as real quick, if this is a Peterson, I bring him up again, but he has such a good point with this. Notice, because this ended is, or whatever reason you have, which is postmodernism in a, in a nutshell, whatever mm-hmm. reason you have, just do whatever you want because whatever reason. But this comes from, and notice how he called it like an unwanted pregnancy, it's about a surprise pregnancy or whatever. This is because there's a skewed view of sex. Okay. Mm-hmm. It, it, Brian, it is ironic to me that you hate sexual topics, yet your favorite topic to argue with anybody is pro-life because it's straight up sex has got to come up. 
So I am so sorry for what I'm about to do to you. <laughs> but um, this right, but right here, it's like this is such a skewed view of sex because we are saying that sex is just something we do, something that all couples just do. When you start dating somebody, you have sex with them. If you have sex with them, if you wait until after a month of dating and without having sex or even any kind of sexual favors whatsoever, dude, you're moving super slow. Like we make sex part of your dynamic all mm -hmm. the time. And we just divorce children from it. It's just something that couples do for fun. And it's like, no, sex has a purpose to it as well. And because we want to just have the pleasure and the fun of sex, but not the responsibility and the function of it, of what it's actually intended for, we have a, we, that's why we have this pro-life, pro-abortion discussion in the first place. And even if you could go, what about rape or whatever? Yeah, rape is also a skewed view of sex, okay? Mm -hmm. It's literally about I want gratification from you now, and I don't care if you want it or not, okay? So no matter which way you spin it, it is a, this entire topic is from a skewed view of sex. When sex should be saved for a man and a woman who are wanting to create a family and community together. And this is why I hate that whole, well, man, wow, at 28 years old is when we're first having our kids. Oh, man, you got to date for X amount of years until you choose to get married. And you know what? You shouldn't get married out of high school. It's just a bad choice, bad move. Um, most older people have been married for like 50 plus years. Got married almost exclusively right out of high school, between like 16 and 18 half the time. And they've been married for forever. You know why? Because marriage was valuable. Community was valuable. Mm -hmm. And they didn't look at uh, a young couple who has a lot of hormones in their system, who are probably horny, wanting to actually consummate in marriage as a bad thing. We make it a bad thing now. No, no, just have the sex without the marriage. Yeah. And can I just ask you, Brian, like, what is the point of marriage if not for sex? That's a big part of it. <laughs> like, it's a huge part. Like, otherwise, you're just my friend. Yeah. Right? Like, you're my female friend. Hey, would you like to go into debt with me? <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> what is the point? And now people like, that's a really shallow view of marriage, Will. Point is that marriage <clears throat> is a community thing, of course. It's two people coming together, but sex is the thing that makes them become one flesh. It's the point. You're right. I hate this part of this. <laughs> I know you do. I know you do. But Moving on. You get my point, though, I right? get your point. Anyway, it's a skewed view. I do. I have had an abortion. A few months ago, I um, found out that I was pregnant. When I imagined myself finding out I was pregnant for the first time, I wanted it to be celebrated. And in that moment, I felt such severe anxiety and I felt, and having that, I felt I, like the entire time I was just in a lot of emotional pain, grieving. I was debating about myself, about what, how I would be looked at or how I would view myself after getting the procedure done. Uh, I ain't gonna lie, I'm nervous. <laughs> so I'm gonna be real careful with my words. Clearly, as a man, I can't have an abortion. But uh, my girlfriend, um, We've had two abortions. She didn't really want to have a baby. I didn't really want to have a baby. And I know for me, I don't want to be that seen as that deadbeat father person, but I knew I wasn't 
really trying to sacrifice my own dreams or what I was trying to accomplish to be a dad at that point. I think that's definitely like one of the biggest things to consider because I wasn't in any kind of position to be a mother, you know? So it's like, I want to get my shit together before I can have a baby and give it a, a life that it deserves. Oh, a life that it deserves. Like the <laughs> life that you stole from it. Like this is why pro-choice logic makes no sense. I want to give the child the life it deserves. So I'm going to one. take away its life. <laughs> The next one, the next baby. This one's <laughs> life doesn't matter. The next one's life matters. It's, this is why I say like these people not only are half the time like deceived or they're evil. Like there's only two ways around it. It's either yeah. you are evil and heartless or you're deceived. And I think a lot of them were deceived. So I'm not trying to be a jerk. I'm just being honest. I think a lot of them were deceived. Well, she said she had an anxiety about it. I'm like, yes, all parents have anxiety when they find out they're pregnant. Oh my gosh, yeah. Like, so. It's scary. She said she wanted to be celebrated, but in the moment she only found anxiety. You know how many of us are like, yes, oh crap. Yes, oh no. Yes, all right, what are we gonna do? Because, congratulations, that's parenthood, and that's the thrill of it. That's the excitement. That, that's what makes it actually amazingly beautiful. You make so many sacrifices. And then, like, I, I, you've heard me talk about this a hundred times. My wife had an emergency C-section. My daughter's heart rate wasn't work, wasn't going properly. It was an anxiety-inducing moment. We had such a hard road to uh, keep a child. We had multiple pregnancies and then losses, pregnancies and losses. And then the moment I saw her, every sacrifice, all that money uh, that we spent on her nursery, all the sacrifice, I didn't care. Like, it was so awesome to hold her. Yeah. And it's like, you say you want it to be celebrated. But you had anxiety. Why don't you celebrate it anyway? Celebrate it with – that's courage. Yeah. That is the definition of courage, right? Having fear but doing the right thing anyway. Yeah. And so, listen to the reasons she gave. She gave no no of the standard reasons, right? Like, well, this is why people have abortion. They don't have they don't have enough money, right? They're, um, they're in a bad situation, whatever. They're not in a relationship. She clears in a relationship. She – isn't talking about money that she doesn't have. She's just scared. And she just, and as she said earlier, that she thinks that it's well within her right to, to do whatever she wants with her body. So she doesn't even acknowledge that the that kid was an individual, except when she says that the kid that eventually she does want, they deserve a life, but not this one. It's just, she's talking on both sides of her mouth. And like I said, I think almost everyone on the side of the pro-choice really hasn't given it a ton of thought. They really haven't dove into this argument they just this is their default position they're having trouble defending it so a little bit this is not fair because we're kind of tearing these arguments to shreds because there's not much there but even really good pro-abortion arguments are terrible right well and then asher comes in and is like well my girlfriend has actually had two abortions so the first time wasn't enough um of him figuring out what an what a pregnancy inconvenience is but he was seen as a deadbeat dad who can't provide for his kid so you kill your kid? That's the definition of the deadbeat. I'm just going to be yep. honest. That's deadbeat dad move. Yeah. I've ultimate heard, deadbeat. Um, Achievement unlocked. Yeah. Oh, ooh, harsh. Um, so, but like my, uh, I have somebody in my family. I almost said who it was. Uh, somebody in my family, my own and my wife's family, who had a child out of wedlock and the man kept pushing her for an abortion. She didn't. 
and I'm so glad she didn't. Yeah. And kid's a great kid, by the way. But all I was thinking was the entire time, I was like, that deadbeat piece of crap. He needs yeah. to be beaten because he didn't want the responsibility. This is like failure to launch syndrome times 10, right? He doesn't want to sacrifice his dreams. What, what, what are his dreams? You think of all some of the greatest achievements, according to the world, that have been achieved by people. Almost all of them have been parents. Kids don't get in the way of your dreams. If you think of them like that, you're thinking of them wrong. You have a false view of parenthood. You have a false view of children. Um, and you're really just being selfish. Right. And it is a convenience reason. Again, if you're like, well, I just, that's not part of my plan right now. Okay. That's a convenience reason. Right. And then, you know, the whole rather just not apply myself now and provide. Like, dude, yeah, like you said, I, I call it the failure to launch syndrome. I think that's one of the best things that, uh, I don't know when, who, was that you or me who coined that phrase? One of us did. And we I don't know. It. We said it in our group, but it's literally what it is. Like, I don't want to grow up. So I don't want to do grow up things. I see this in churches too, but it's not so much with abortion, but with like young men not wanting to get real jobs, not wanting mm -hmm. to challenge themselves, young people not really home. wanting to put themselves in a new position because it's uncomfortable and scary, scary and fear-inducing, and that's why they want to stay at their dead-end job, things like that. Again, children don't make a sacrifice for dreams. I'm still living mine right now, and I have a child that's perfectly fine. Um, when I found out I was pregnant, the person that I was with at the time, they were like, I will support you in every way, but I will not be able to be there for you if you decide to keep it. And that definitely influenced my choice. It was one of the hardest decisions I've ever had to make. I like to think I'm a pretty generous, like loving person and the names that I've been called for even getting one, I've gotten evil, psychotic, demented. Shame on her boyfriend. Yeah, the, yeah exactly. Welcome to, do you want a man that's gonna support you for that? Then stop <laughs> advocating for abortion because the more you abort, so. Please tell me you broke up with that deadbeat after that. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, also, again, well, I'm having sex with this guy, and he didn't want the responsibility of having the kid. Then why are you having sex with a guy who doesn't want the responsibility of having a kid? Again, sex creates babies, so if you don't want that, then you shouldn't be engaged in that. And don't be with the person who doesn't want them. And even he didn't remove the kid part. He didn't want the responsibility of her. Right. pregnant her. How dare you? Right. Is I, he's not pro-woman. Which is why, again, this is why the leftist ideology will always fail you. Because in, for example, a Christian worldview, we acknowledge men and women different in role, equal in value, okay? I know there's certain people that are going to say, well, I'm a Christian. I don't believe in that. Whatever, okay? Fight me. But, <laughs> but the point is, it's like we recognize men and women are different. That is a fact. That is a psychological and scientific fact proven on every layer, okay? We are different. But men and women are complementary. And how we are different. But if you keep telling men that they don't, and this is where men are different, okay? For example, studies have shown that women actually release, so the same hormone that they release when breastfeeding, the same hormone they actually release during sex. Brian, I know you're uncomfortable. Here we go again. Hey, here we go again. But that same one is released during hormone, uh, during sex, so that way she becomes attached to the man, for example. But men don't have that. Men uh, are not nearly that way. Um, and which is why you, you always hear the story of man, the men, they always want to have sex and that's what the only thing they're interested in when really what it is that men just can, they, they look almost as sex and love sometimes as different categories. Um, 
not that it is, not that it should be that way. Mm-hmm. Just say that a lot of men can be like, oh, I love my wife, but I find her hot. You know, that sort of thing. And I'm not saying women don't, okay, before anyone comes at me with all the sexists and the women can't, blah, blah, I get it. I'm talking about generalities again. But men, this is why people say it all the time. I know it's outdated. It's an outdated thought, but the why, you know, why buy the milk, buy the cow when you can get the milk for free? Men have mm-hmm. that, a lot of men have that mentality. Boys, really, not men. Uh, children who just want to have the, the fun of sex without the responsibility of it. Make yep. sense? Am I making sense? You are making sense. Okay, cool. Before we get more outrage culture, because you know how much we care about the angry mob, um, <laughs> we don't. So the point is here, it's like, yeah, of course. So he's involved in this because he's getting some free sex, responsibility free. And, oh, whoa, I don't want to take care of you. And I don't want to take care of a kid, okay? I'm just here for a good time. And a lot of men will automatically do that if they're not pushed and challenged. That's why God had it a certain way, which was like, no, no. Remember when the men had to go to the father in Israel, and then they had to talk about talk to the father, then they had to do the bride price. Then there's that whole story in scripture, right? Oh, you have to work for me for this many years. That was a uh, then the father straight up deceives him. The <laughs> whole point of that system was actually to be like, are you serious about taking care of my kid? Mm-hmm. Are you going to marry my daughter and love her and take care of her and cherish her? Okay, prove it to me. Yeah, prove to me that you're not just here for sex. Because if you were just here for sex, I could easily sign a paper. You could do your thing with her and leave her whenever you want. I'm going to make you earn it. Mm-hmm. That's the point. It was actually meant to protect. So people make out like uh, ancient Israel was like the sexist place. Like no, it's actually intended to protect women yeah. and to give men responsibility. Mila, if you're ever watch this, you deserve better. You do. You have value. You have worth, and you deserve a man that wants to be with you, no matter what. Who wants to be with you through thick and thin? Who doesn't want to pressure you? And clearly, what you sounds like is something you're very uncomfortable with, and had a lot of anxiety over. You don't need that. You deserve someone way better than that. Yeah, and just so you know, when people are like, "Yeah, people have called you horrible things for that," I'm sorry that people have called you horrible things for that. However, abortion is an immoral act, and when you do immoral things, you're going to be called the things that people call immoral people. I know personally as someone who has family and has been th- uh, around the foster system, been through the foster system, people who have had children born early. I, I, I've literally, I've experienced pretty much every excuse that people use to abort children. As someone who still goes, nope, all those people that I know who've been through all those things still deserve their life. I do have a hard time not calling every single person who has an abortion evil. I'll be honest. Because, like, that's heartless. And I know mm-hmm. people go, well, what, have a heart for that person. I do. I get it. That situation, like, Mila, that was horrible. Because, again, he didn't support you. But, again, it doesn't justify killing the child. Now, I'm not saying – so the point is you can't change the past. I get that. And that's why God offers forgiveness. Okay? God, there is grace at, at the foot of Christ. You can find grace through Jesus Christ. You can find forgiveness there. And then through God, you can actually find human worth because that's where we have morality and worth anyway. Because if there is no God, then no, then we're pointless anyhow. And so is morality. So through God, you can have that grace. And therefore, you can have a second chance. You can have a wonderful child whom you love with somebody who loves you properly, who's going to strengthen you and not put you down and discourage you and help you be a better mother. So... That's why I wanted to clarify that because, like, yes, it's an immoral act and it is evil. Immoral acts are evil. That's all there is to it. But we all do evil on an everyday basis. I've done plenty of evil, and I am evil. That's why I struggle with, like I said, I struggle with that. But then I have to remember, oh, well, Will, you've done a lot of horrible things too. Mm -hmm. So I'm a horrible human being. So I'm evil too. That's why 
we do need forgiveness. So I wanted to make sure I added the grace in there because I don't want anyone to think that I'm just not gracious on this. I understand. Yeah. I do. I really do. Um, Let's see. Now, here's a, an interesting contrast. Now we're going to get Christine's in, intro, which is going to be a similar type of situation, but a different outcome. My name is Christine. I'm from Denver, and I am on the anti-abortion side. So when I was 20 years old, I was a college student, and I found myself in an unplanned pregnancy, and I was pressured to abort very heavily, not only by my child's father, but uh, by those around me. And um, I, I heard my son's heartbeat, and it, it, there was no debate. It was a life. His life was not mine to take. Um, this is part of why I am very pro-life, because I know many women are pressured to abort when they don't want to. What a powerful story. And it shows that just because you're pressured does not mean you have to fall into it. Yeah. That's why character means a lot. Yeah. And I love, too, that she heard the heartbeat. She understood it was a life. And that was a watershed moment for her in her pregnancy. And she was like, nope, that's a kid. I heard my son and I'm going to keep them. And that's why I love the organization called Save the Storks, because this is exactly what they do. Non-confrontational, non-pressure. They just park buses fully equipped with medical equipment, really nice, really clean, right outside abortion clinics, and just offer free ultrasounds. You're interested? You want to see an ultrasound? You want to hear a heartbeat? Come on in. And they have such a high success rate with women that do come in and hear and see their baby, it changes their mind. Um, if you want a, a nonprofit to support, you want to make it a real difference in the lives of babies, in the lives of women who are struggling in impossible situations, think about donating to them. I do. And I highly recommend them. It's such a fantastic organization. Just yeah. watch some of their videos. They have amazing stories to tell. Yeah. Save the Storks does a great job. Um, so again, same situation, both pressured, both unplanned, both had anxiety. But as she said, his life was not mine to take. And I cannot tell you how important those words are when it comes to abortion. It might be in your body right? That is so that resides within your body, but it is a life and it is not yours to take. And I know, well, I'm a man and I, you know, no uterus, no opinion, whatever. Okay, sure. Then if you don't have a penis, you don't have an opinion on rape. So, um, like, again, Plus if you say a man can't have an opinion, how transphobic of you? No, men can have periods too. <laughs> um, so sorry. Oh, that leftist ideology. That's actually what was funny. It was like, I know I can't have one because I'm a man. I'm like, I don't know. Have you guys talked to Rocky? She gave her his hers. She might be one of those uh, people who believe that men can have abortions and women and men can have birth, give birth too. So anyway, I'm not, I'm now taking pot shots. <laughs> My cynicism is showing. Um, but when he's talking about this here, I mean, guys, again, this is the same situation. Both making their very, very different uh, choices here. And I think that this is very important that we make sure we point that out. Well, to steal Mila's words for Christine, Christine realized that she needed to give her son the life that he deserved. Can they disagree a step forward? Your story is absolutely powerful, and your story as well. I think. Something we probably all can agree on is abortion usually is a symptom of a bigger problem. 
whether it's finances, whether it's uh, stability of housing, whether it's relationship issues. My perspective is that we address those issues instead of ending the life of a child. I disagree. Um, I don't think that abortion is a symptom. People should be able to access abortion when, how, wherever they want or need. I don't think that it's a problem to be fixed. I think that is still stigmatizing. But I think the biggest thing is that there are birth control methods out there and abortion should not be a birth control method. I think that that's very critical. And, and to hear that, you know, you weren't celebrated. I think life should be celebrated with everybody. I'd like to call attention to that point too, just the fact of using abortion as birth control. I thank you for everyone sharing their stories so far. I didn't step forward, I haven't had an abortion myself, but I am a survivor of rape. I was on birth control at the time and I still made the decision with my medical team that birth control is not 100% effective and I wanted access to emergency contraceptive to take on top of that. And had that pregnancy or any of those methods failed, I would have chosen to have an abortion and I'm very grateful that I had access to those resources and I'm so mindful that there's so many women who don't. Well, I think it gets down to the heart of the issue here. You know, what is the unborn? Which scientifically the embryo is from conception, a living whole organism with distinct DNA. As a Christian, I come from a worldview that says that every human being is has dignity and worth not to disrespect any any religion in general but in my eyes that's just pushing a belief onto someone rather than actually stating a real real concrete fact so um scientifically i'm pro-life because of science not because of religion but scientifically i believe that life does start at conception i don't think it makes sense to put life beginning at any other place during pregnancy um doing so usually ends up saying that a already born person isn't alive um such as consciousness heartbeat etc there are many pro-life people here here from the science perspective um who, who are not led by religious motives um at all or uh, wow. I had a few brain aneurysms <laughs> in that. First of all, did you notice they said, can the disagreeers step forward? I'm like, what are they disagreeing with? That she had an abortion? And that or that his had girlfriend had an abortion? Like, <laughs> what a weird thing to say. <laughs> like, they should have cut that out. <laughs> those who did not have an abortion, you should say. Anyway, um, Christine makes uh, pointed out something I pointed out earlier. Abortion is usually a symptom of a bigger problem, which mm -hmm. is right, which is a wrong view of sex, as we already addressed. So, yes, of course. So the biggest issue of which, uh, as you put, you wrote this in the notes, being a desire to not take responsibility and dehumanizing people who won't, who you don't want or like. That is true. So that and a misguided view of sex. Then Rocky, in all her leftist wisdom, <laughs> says it's not a symptom when or whatever they want or need, and it is still stigmatizing. And therefore, you're stigmatizing people who believe that children whose life starts at conception. Also, do you notice that when, um, uh, what was her, what's her name, Abby? Is that, is that her name? Uh, the Christian girl? Yeah. Abby? When Abby says uh, that she believes human life starts at conception, or, or something like that, that they've tried to put, they put old up like some sort of source that yeah, tried, they put Wikipedia up. Yeah, Wikipedia <laughs> up. Like, get out of here. Like, uh, like Wikipedia, ha have you not been in high school English? Wikipedia is not a source. <laughs> right. Uh, so they pull up a little thing from Wikipedia that tries to disagree with her. Um, and it's just funny because, like, you're not getting actually into the science. Their, their quote there, their definition there is not from the science and it's not from philosophy. And before someone says, well, because I'll mention, like, well, philosophically, it's a 
life. And they're like, well, I care about scientifically. I'm like, scientific science is a philosophy. <laughs> philosophy is the way we think and interact with reality. All these people who discount philosophy nowadays, both Christian and postmodern, all you guys, you guys drive me crazy because literally you don't realize that you're using philosophy to say that my philosophy doesn't matter. It's so yeah. Stu- you don't even understand definitions. It's of so words. stupid. Like it, no, it's just stupid. I, I, it's a bad argument, and you should feel bad. There, <laughs> I, I've been requested to make that into a T-shirt. By the way, you should make that into a T-shirt. Okay. I would definitely wear that. <laughs> I love when Sebastian too says that abortion shouldn't be a method of birth control, and we really have gotten to the point where it is. It's like, well, I can do whatever I want, and if the bad thing happens, which is apparently is a baby, um, then we just kill it, and. All set. All done. It's easy, right? No big deal. It is a big deal. And it's oftentimes extremely painful for the woman. It, it could go south so far as to prevent her from ever having a successful pregnancy. It could kill her. It's it's not a good idea. Also, according to the British Journal, your their anxiety and depression rates go up 35% post-abortion. Um, and also, suicide rates uh, increase as well on the one-year anniversary of their abortion. You know that, right? Yep. Yep. Okay. Um, then uh, the other thing is, is uh, let's see what else. Oh, yeah. So um, he said life should be celebrated. Absolutely. When I told you guys we were pregnant with a kid, you guys were all up. Like, it was so exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you don't have friends that do that, then maybe you should find real friends. We're going to involve in a local church. Religion isn't bad. Um Agree. So here, that so here's what's funny is that Rocky says we're stigmatizing. Meanwhile, she's stigmatizing life itself and giving birth and having life. Um, and I think stigmatizing must be like her favorite word because that's like what she always kind of comes back to. Um, I don't know. Kind of reminds me of Brenda from God is Gray. Is it was always nuance. Everything's nuance, and for Rocky, everything's everything's stigmatizing, and that's not an excuse to do something immoral. Right. You still have to have a basis for your morality and a reason for it. So anyway. And then the little dove, which I'm like, whoa. I I don't know if that's a name she made for herself or if that's something that her parents gave her. I don't know. But little dove, that's one heck of a name. She says she's – and then it gets kind of real here. She says yeah. she's a rape survivor, right? Um, which is horrible. Yeah. Uh, and she says she would have chosen to have an abortion. Um, and I want – we'll put this up here. I want you to see – Sebastian's face when she says if she would have gotten pregnant, she would have had an abortion um, because he is the product of rape. We're going to find out in a minute. Right. So talk about a gut punch. Yeah, um, because, again, rape is a horrible thing. But the child that comes from rape is a separate entity. Mm -hmm. It should be treated as separate. So Abby says, what is the unborn? And she asked a great question. Like, I think this brings up a good question. What is the unborn? And she's right. Okay, we have to define this. What is this? Because mm-hmm. in the words of others. All right. So um, what is the unborn? Is it a clump of cells? Is it just an organ or is it its own life? If it's an organ, you could remove it. Who cares? It's a kidney. But it's not. Mm-hmm. So anyway. But Abby goes, what is the unborn? Scientifically, the embryo is a living organism with distinct DNA. This is a fact. She speaks truth. Mm-hmm. Um, every human being has dignity, dignity and worth. That is true only if you believe in God. Otherwise, they don't. And she points it out. Uh, the yeah. pro-choice crowd basically just goes, nah, fam. Yep. Nah. <laughs> we disagree. All life doesn't have worth. 
only that which I feel like I should keep so I could give it the life it deserves unless I subjectively choose that it doesn't deserve to live at all. Yep. The mental gymnastics continue. Yep. Um, Mila then, then goes, not to disrespect any religion, but I want to... But uh, I essentially want to push my worldview on everyone else instead, including the child I aborted. Because <laughs> that's basically what this is, right? Like, yeah. let's just be honest. She's like, well, I think that's like pushing. Like, re- if you use religion, that's like pushing my- your morals onto others as you push your morals onto others and the unborn child that you chose to abort. Yeah. She's essentially saying that Abby's not saying concrete facts. She goes, oh, you know, that's not a concrete Can't about fact. concrete facts of reality. Yes, it is. Yeah, well, well, here's, again, then if there is no God, what is the worst? So this is the problem with a purely, this is, if we call, what do we call it, scientism? Yeah. It is the or religion. Secular that, humanism. Yeah, it, scientism, this idea that only the material world will tell you facts about concrete reality is a lie because science can tell you about matter, but it can't tell you about what matters. So uh, you're wrong. Now, then Ayala says, I'm pro-life because of science, not religion. It ends up saying that an already born person isn't alive is what she says. Every pro-choice argument ends up being an already born person isn't already alive. Yeah, once you try to draw that line, and they hate it when you ask this question because they don't have a good answer for it. And every answer they give, whether it's location or age or viability or consciousness. Dependability. All of it. If you extrapolate that argument to everyone else, ends up saying that you can kill other people. Right. Because if you say it's about size, well, what about dwarf? My wife's four foot ten. Is she less human than you, who's like mm-hmm. what, six two, six one? Six one. Okay. Uh, then what about if you say level of development? Well, what about my daughter? She's a, like a year and like a couple months. Is yeah. she less valuable than Braden because they're developed less? She's developed yeah. less than Braden because he's ten. Um, Environment, inside or outside the womb. Location, which country? Right, <laughs> dependability. Oh, well, it's dependent on the life of the mother while during the pregnancy. Well, guess what? My child would be dead a thousand ways to Tuesday, even after birth, because yeah. my child tries to kill herself, I think, every day. Because children are a detriment to themselves. That's why there's a parent. Yeah, they're not self-sufficient yet. That right. doesn't mean you get to kill them. So what level of dependability is too dependent to where you're not a person? Where do you draw the line? So again, that's why she, that. So people who are like, why? What does she mean? Um, that's what she's getting at. That all arguments that are on the pro-choice side, basically, as I'm saying, that's other people who are actually born are not human. So that, therefore, they're invalid. And she is absolutely 100 correct. I kind of wanted just Ayala to sit there and be like one versus four because I think she could absolutely she beat the snot <laughs> out of all of them um, verbally with love, of course, because she's very succinct, cut, precise. But she doesn't come off like a complete and raging jerk either. No, but she's also clearly thought about this. Mm-hmm. And we're going to hear she's had some personal experiences. I am Ayala. I'm 18 years old. I'm from Charlotte, North Carolina, and I am anti-abortion. One misconception that I deal with pretty frequently is that we're all Christian, white, old men. And as a you know Jewish woman, um, younger, I really want more voices like mine to be seen in the anti-abortion movement uh, because I think we have new perspectives that would help kind of bridge the gap and have us find a little bit of middle ground between our two uh, opposing sides. You know, it kind of reminds me every time I'll post something like pro-life on social media, it's almost 100% women who I get likes and comments from. I don't know where this kind of weird trope has come from that all the anti-abortion crowd is a whole bunch of men. It's, it's because, not. It's because it's all the political men 
like the senators and stuff, they're a bunch of white old Republicans. Yeah. That's also like, that must be all of them. You're like, no, it's a huge female backing. Actually, seriously, I've talked to more women who are like, I would fight and I would take every child I could if I could. Like, mm-hmm. most men are actually a little bit more, again, apathetic about it because they don't yeah. want the responsibility. But a lot of women, man, whoo, you're dealing with mother bears, dude. Yeah. They've held babies. They love them, and yeah. they don't want you to kill it because they know how precious it is. Because they've birthed them. They've grown them. Also, I really don't have much more to add to what Ayala said. She's absolutely correct. I disagree with her. Good job, girl. You're doing good. I got nothing to add. Would you like to come on the show? We'll talk to you. Um, Yeah, please do. (laughs) Uh, And now we get to the, the title question of the episode. Abortion is murder. I think it is murder. I think... Um, for the abortionist more so than the woman. I think a lot of women don't necessarily know exactly how an abortion procedure is formed. I've had a girl even tell me that at 20 weeks, a baby is just a clump of cells, and that's just not true. I, I do believe now there might be cases where you know, some women might be unaware of, of what, what's going on in an abortion. But by and large, I think, especially with the advent of the internet and so much education out there, many of them do know that the life, that there's a life inside of them, and they want to, to end that life, whether they call it murder or not. Hard disagree. Absolute disagree. Okay. Um, I've definitely met a lot of teenage girls who grew up in our generation who believe that abortion is normal, a fetus is a clump of cells, and there is no human life in the womb. They don't tell you when you go in for an abortion consultation. This is a child, and this is a human life, and that's what's going to be happening. I have a hard time believing that if most women knew they were killing a child, they would do that. I don't think women in America are that malevolent. I, I think it's very irresponsible and very hurtful to say, oh, this woman's a murderer because she had an abortion. <laughs> Can we please comment about Ayala like just going straight for <laughs> poor Abby's throat there? Because it's funny. I agree. Or I disagree. No, disagree. Hard disagree. Hard disagree. <laughs> it was like, oh, oh here we go. <laughs> oh, I love how like the one that brought out like Ayala's like, at least in this episode, Ayala's like a most aggressive moment was actually another pro-lifer. She's like, no, stop it. You're making the rest of us look bad. Um, to be fair to Abby. And I will be fair to Abby. I'll defend her here. Again, she does have a point where there's so much information out there. I think a lot of women do know it, which is why to a lot more women know it than we give credit for. Because mm-hmm. I think some of us are afraid to give credit to that. Yep. Um, because we're like, well, if we say that they know it, then we have to make sure that she takes responsibility for it. Yeah. And then I have to say that women have to go to jail for abortions. And I don't like that. It makes me uncomfortable. So. Yeah, exactly. So a lot of times we go, oh, I don't think it's always, uh, I think the abortion doctors now. 100% agree abortion doctors are uh, and, and completely guilty. They know what they did. Oh, they know what they're doing. Yeah, Gosnell. They went to medical school. Look at, look at, look at Gosnell. Like, oh, yeah. Just look at the Gosnell case. He knew what was going on. He's evil. Talking about evil people. Yeah, exactly. So, but I think Abby does have a point where there is more education now. Most mm-hmm. people know that they're going to rip that child limb from limb and suck it down a vacuum. Many people know this. Mm-hmm. Um, they usually just don't care as much as they care about their fear at the moment. Um, because again, it's a lot easier to impact someone else or something else than ourselves. But also now to jump to Ayala's camp, because (laughs) I think they both have a point. There's a lot of naivety and ignorance also surrounding abortion by pro-choicers. Look at how many people in this episode 
Asher being one of them, that probably gave like 15 seconds of thought of the, in this of their entire life. Mm-hmm. This here, my body, my choice, and go, that seems right to me. Yeah. And that's it. <laughs> um, so, uh, but I, I would say I probably more side with Ayala on this, I, but I do think Abby does have a point. Yeah, and I think they're both just coming from different perspectives. I think Abby's given some grace either way. And but I do like Ayala's point of just she doesn't think women are that malevolent and uh, yeah she's she's actually showing some grace to women and she's been in a hard situation herself that she's gonna talk about in a little bit but um yeah it's it's hard I think it's it goes both ways and I think there's level of knowledge I think the more women know about the truth of abortion and the truth of of what that baby is I think the less likely that they will have an abortion. And that's one of the reasons why we, we uh, do these episodes. Right. Um, so, yeah, I thought her point was great. Uh, we're, I don't think that women in America are that malevolent. And I agree. I don't think many women are that evil. Uh, I think if you actually show them, I've done this before, where I walk somebody through, I'm like, oh, you think it's cool? Sit down with them for a few minutes and just show mm-hmm. them some stuff. They're like, I had no idea. I'm like, yeah, that's why, not the only reason why, but why many people say it's barbaric. Barrack. Yeah. Because we would never do that to anything, anyone or anything else. In fact, if we did that to like a puppy, we like a. Oh my gosh, yeah. Don't do it to a puppy, just baby kids. At least my personal experience, the people who worked there were very understanding. They let me know there is a child that will, that could come out of you in nine months. Are you sure you want to do this? I knew there was a child in my body. I knew I could have a child in nine months, and I knew that that child can grow old and be their own person. But I made that choice because I am allowed to have that choice. And especially you, you are a, a white man you, and you are not allowed to say what I can do with my body nor any of these other women who are able to carry a child. I think that's so even- dangerous. I think that's so dangerous to say that you can't say because of your sexuality, who you are as a male or female or how you believe as a religion, you can't define what's right and wrong. I think that's misguided you can and have we shouldn't take opinion. that into policy. I think what she's if saying child, is that whatever that your your morality is, I think that you know folks are entitled that, that we have freedom of religion, we have freedom from religion. Whatever your moral value is, the issue is trying to turn that into legislation and putting well, it legislatively, on someone else. We legislate what's right and wrong all the time. Thinking even medically, you know, like for indigenous women, they're two times as likely to die from pregnancy-related complications. Who's responsible for that murder if she's forced to carry that baby? Well, I would be I would be all for working on legislation altogether where you know. <laughs> it's not murder Stop. if she dies from pregnancy. Who's no. responsible for that murder? A murder is someone a third party actively killing another third party. Yeah. It's it's these two people killing each other. Someone dying in natural causes in a pregnancy is not murder as sad as that sounds because there is no intent. Evil has uh, murder has to have an intent. Um, also this entire thing here, it's probably a good thing I'm not on this panel. I think I'd lose my mind. I'd like over talk all of them and just start, <laughs> when is it a human life? When is it? All right. What makes it? By what standard is that even real? And I'm not even a presuppositionalist, but I'll be asking <laughs> what standard all day long when it comes to right and wrong. And what she says right there, Mila admits it. It's a child. I know it. I knew it was a life. I knew it was going to do this thing. And she basically said, I don't care. I loved me more than I loved anyone else. So it is selfish. It is uh, it, it's selfish. It's self-motivated entirely. It's convenience-based, and it's and then you wonder why people called you evil. That's why. Yeah. Because it's fully self-motivated. You know, Sue, that she said, "Well, they told me a, you know, a child could come out of you in nine months. No, it will. 
Right. It will. Or a little bit sooner in our cases, but <laughs> it will. Did you notice how she actually tried to skirt that? Because it was yeah. like... She, she almost said will, and then she said could, and then she focused on that word. Yes, exactly. Because <laughs> it's like, whoa, no, don't want to say will. That makes it too real. Again, better to avoid reality than to face it. Yeah, she said can grow old and be their own person. No, they already were their own person. They already were. And that's why the answer to this question is, is abortion murder? The answer is yes. They already are their own person. It's not could become their own person. They already are. You're just it, stopping their life. And then she makes a, the, a sexist, racist comment, says, especially you, you're a white male, and you are not allowed to say what I can do with my body. This is the most toxic ideology ever, because here's the irony. She just told that someone there, because of his race and gender, he is allowed to do with his body what he wants, but she can't with hers. Yeah. Here is, uh, this again, this is the social justice, woke, progressive garbage that she is really standing on. What if we go back a couple hundred years and you and I are talking about how awesome it is to be slave owners? We're not. We're anti. We're anti-slavery. Um, but we're like, man, dude, it's so awesome to have all these people outside working for us. And then, of course, because it's a couple hundred years ago in America, we'll say that, of course, they're African slaves, right? Mm -hmm. So then this black person comes in and goes, well, sir, actually, I think we're all people. I'm like, shut up. You are a black male, and you don't have an opinion here. Yep. See? Both racists. Whoa. So we can we please start having objective moral conversations without bringing up, bringing up people's immutable characteristics? Now, what is so ironic, besides telling him how to control his body for, and so that he doesn't tell her how to control her body, he, you're going to find out, is a product of rape. His, his mom, they advocated. A court judge even told his mom to abort the baby, and she didn't. So she's telling this guy who... A product of rape. ...who was a potential uh, um, victim of abortion that he can't have an opinion on this because of his gender and his skin color. How terrible. I, I, I hope, I don't remember, I don't think they have a picture of her face as one of the second he says that uh, his mom almost aborted him because that would have been classic. Well, it also, it just goes to show that the arguments actually don't really work, but these are all smoke and mirrors. Mm -hmm. They're all ways to just try to deflect you from it. I'm going to shame you out of it. I'm going to, because a lot of people don't even know how to respond to that. I mean, I thought, I, you know, he's like, ah, it's really dangerous for, dangerous for saying you can't have an opinion because of this and this and this and this. He's absolutely correct. Because once, once you start playing uh, immutable characteristics politics, mm -hmm. it gets ugly. Yeah. My default response to that is don't assume my gender. <laughs> <laughs> the, the irony is, of course, that she is a, a, a person of color, if we can use a, a POC. She looks like she's black. Okay. I think that's what she is. She's black. She might be a mix. I don't know. But the irony is if he would have blasted her with like, okay, cool. So a couple hundred years ago, you can have an opinion because you're black. How does that feel? Yeah. And the reason why men could have an opinion on abortion is one, it takes a man to create one, create a child. Two, all men had to be born. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we're pretty passionate about abortion because I didn't want to be aborted. Same reason why a woman would be passionate about it. Silliness, man. And then, you know, Rocky gets into this whole religion argument too, right? Where she's like, well, we have freedom of religion. We have, we freedom, have freedom from religion. From Ugh. The freedom from religion is a point that I want to focus on because when someone says that, they really want freedom from morality. And she's even getting to this idea where, oh, you know, 
don't push your morals on me. We shouldn't try to legislate morality. That's literally what you want. Because in her opinion, it is moral to, to not- abort. <laughs> it's moral to kill babies if you don't want them. Right? She called it a right. So she is she is taking a moral stand. And she wants the law to agree with her morality and say that it is okay for women to kill babies. So she wants to legislate her morality. What her problem is, is she doesn't want everyone else to legislate their morality. And the, the funny thing is, is her morality is just her opinion. It's not even morality. So that's even the worst part of this. As she, her morality that she wants to push on everybody else is that there isn't morality besides her morality. And this is actually why I think the left has made such strides is because so many people haven't given things a 15 seconds. I think, oh, yeah, you're right. I don't want everyone telling me what to do with myself. Mm-hmm. And they don't even think about the fact that that's what the law does is literally telling you what to do with yourself. Um, and I think that people on the right and conservatives would do a better job if they just ripped that rug right out from underneath their feet and blasted him for doing double talk. Yeah. You know, if the woman's been taken advantage of or if they've uh, incest situations or if her life's at risk, we, we can keep those options on the table. So all of a sudden, because she could potentially die, we'll make legislation where she can't abort that baby and all of a sudden you're pro-abortion? No, I'm not pro-abortion. I personally would not like her to choose that option. I think science so has come... No, 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 no. I think science has come a long way where that, that's vastly not the case anymore within our medical community. And we need to continue to increase funding for those mechanisms to provide more research on how to keep the woman alive in those situations. What is the, is the end goal here that abortion be illegal and it be criminalized and removed as a resource forever from this country? Is that the... Illegal and unthinkable. Illegal and unthinkable. So it is culturally... Culturally for women. We want women to have resources, first of all, to where they don't need an abortion. And then abortion for the abortionist is criminalized. So an abortionist could go to jail for performing it. Women should not be criminalized because at the end of the day, women are victims of abortion as well. Uh, We didn't mention this, but Little Dove does say that indigenous women are two times more likely to die from pregnancy-related complications. Um, First off, you should actually see why that's the case. or the indigenous communities. There's a lot of things that are actually at play there. Um, more than just pregnancy. It's like, have you ever yeah. heard of how some of those indigenous well, yeah. Quality of life are? is important in, in a successful pregnancy. What? Quality of life is important for a successful pregnancy. True. Um, so, and we did confirm this today back from the CDC. Is there anything you wanted to mention about that? Oh, just I just want to point out that um, in that same study, it shows that Asians and Hispanics and and white women all have essentially equally low-ish um, potential for death from pregnancy compared to the indigenous women that she's talking about. So what is her conclusion here that while we can tell white women they can't have abortions because they're less likely to die from a pregnancy, but indigenous people, so we're going to make different laws based on skin tone, genetics, that's a little concerning, don't you think? That sounds a little Jim Crow, if you ask me. Ooh. I'm Sebastian King, and I am anti-abortion side. My mom had an unplanned pregnancy because she was taken advantage of from the time she was 12 to 15. And she was in and out of state custody, and a judge even encouraged her to have an abortion and told my mom that she won't amount to anything in life if she goes through with this pregnancy. Because she chose life, I'm, that's the only reason I'm here today, and that's my mission is to ensure that all life is protected. Good for his mom. That's yeah. a very powerful, powerful thing. Very loving and selfless act. Um, 
That's kind of my issue in general. When you say that people who are raped or sexually abused, uh, whatever, should they suddenly should aren't strong enough to undergo even more. Um, yeah. you, you already know that, but my, my brothers were adopted through the foster system. We grew up doing foster care. And I hear people say, well, the foster system is horrible. I think that argument's brought up in this video. It is, yeah. It's really soon. Yeah. I'll talk about that then when it comes up. But it's just, let's not dehumanize somebody just because they're a product of rape or just because they go to uh, go, might go into the foster system. Again, my brother, who has two beautiful children, would probably rather not be dead. Actually, he loves his life, and he loves his wife, and he loves his kids. And he'll talk about how horrible and uh, awful it was growing up, but he's glad he was able to overcome it. Yeah, so, it's kind of yeah. interesting to me when you talk to people that are products of rape, and they don't wish to be dead. It's almost like that argument that we should kill them is incorrect. Abortion should be accessible to rape and incest survivors. If you're pregnant from your brother or your cousin or your father, especially if it wasn't consensual or even if it was, you should still have that option to abort the baby. And especially if you've been raped, there are some people who have that thought like, oh my God, like what if I, I, when I look at my child, I relive that trauma. Just a reminder. And not saying that's how all rape victims view it, but it's just like some women have that fear. Right there, Freudian slip, she called it a baby. Oopsies. Oops, and then what if every time I look at my child, I relive it? So it's just better that instead of me learning how to cope with my trauma, that I just kill the child. That's only, that's what a psychopath would do. Yeah. Like, man, my wife and I, we fought for weeks. And now every time I see her, I relive that argument. So you know what I better do? Kill her. That'll solve the problem. It doesn't logically make sense. It's, it's interesting, too. Like, clearly all four of the pro-abortion side are really pro-abortion. So this is kind of a, an, an argument that doesn't need to be had because they already agree with abortion in all other circumstances. Adding a special circumstance isn't going to change their mind. But I do find it interesting that um, uh, Malia says that, well, especially if you've been raped. What do you mean especially? You already said that it's your body and you can choose to do whatever you want at any point in time if, if you're pregnant. So the method of conception, in your opinion, doesn't really apply. So it really makes it's weird to say, especially here, in my opinion. That's actually a good. That's good. That's a good point. <laughs> especially if this. Well, why? If all abortion is perfectly fine, it doesn't matter, and just then there's no especially. They're all equally valid and or equally non valid. Okay, so I was raped for four years of my life um, violently, uh, more times than I can count. Um, and I did get pregnant when I was 15. Um, my rapist threatened me with abortion multiple times, um, used that as a tool to keep me in his power. Uh, if he had the power to terminate evidence, he had power against me. Um, I did end up losing her, but I wanted her very badly. I named her Rahail, um, which is Rachel in English. Um, and I think it's very important to humanize people who are conceived in rape because uh, they're walking around right now. There's a lot of them. There's a lot of them. And I think it is, it's very insulting to place that on a human being. Um, I, I think that humans, no matter how they are conceived, are human beings and they deserve to be respected and their lives deserve to be respected. And I agree because that's me. I agree yeah. 100%. And, and my mom has always told me she doesn't view me as um, his, even on my birth certificate. You're chopping at the bit. <laughs> I'm like, I'm dying here. I was gonna let Sebastian finish because I didn't realize he interjected right there. 
But notice that, like, suddenly Rocky, uh, like, Ayala's like, don't dehumanize people who are, uh, she's like, I named my daughter Rachel. Um, such a beautiful story there, by the way. I mean, especially if you know the beautiful story. Beautiful and Rachel. tragic. It's, it's, it, yeah, but it's like that beautifully broken kind of thing. Like, mm-hmm. I loved my child, even though uh, it was, uh, she was taken from me and I, it was from a horrible, evil thing. And notice how she's like, but stop stigmatizing people who are of that. And then Sebastian coming in with the clutch with the, I am a product of that. And then what's crazy is a Rocky, the crazy leftist, who's all like, oh, no, it should be available at all times. There are, no morality really matters here. Don't push your religion on me. So she's like, I agree. You're right. We shouldn't dehumanize them. They're walking all over the place. Then why are you advocating that people can kill them? Because she's susceptible to emotional arguments. And she's like, oh, she's using emotional language. So I have to, yeah. I'm with you. I understand. No, you're arguing completely against what she's saying. Right. You're saying that she should have killed her child. That's what you're saying. Or that it didn't matter she killed her child. Yeah. I mean, it's terribly tragic. Again, what Ayala went through was horribly tragic, and I'm sure traumatizing. Therefore, I'm sure there's stigma. (laughs) Well, I love that. Yeah, and I love that she brought up, too, um, that abortion is a mechanism used by abusers to remove the evidence of their abuse, to continue the abuse. Mm-hmm. That doesn't sound like something that's good, does it? Also, notice Ayala said she was only 18. Yeah. And this happened to her when she was 15, which means she only in very recent history got out of her violent rapist clutches. Yeah. That is powerful. Because remember, again, a while back, kind of maybe two months ago mm-hmm. when I, you and I got a lot of crap for telling uh, people that victims need to move on yeah, and be, and not, it. and not what they can overcome it, that they can overcome it. I present to you Ayala mm-hmm. who is now a beast. And I can tell this girl's smart. She's passionate. Um, and just a beast of a survivor, man. Yeah. Um, I'm not even sure she would call herself a survivor. Cause I feel like that with how beastly this girl's talking and how tough you can tell yeah. she is. I'm sure she doesn't. I feel like survivor would be, she's like, I'm not a survivor. That, it, that, that shows that there might be weakness. I am not weak. <laughs> she's awesome. I love her. She's like my hero in this right now. And I Sebastian, hate that she went through it, but wow, man, just goes to show that you can, uh, just because you've been through trauma does not mean it justifies immorality. And I said earlier that um, I wish we would see uh, Malia's facial expression when she realized that Sebastian was a product of rape. I mean, I give you this face. That face. Oh, oh no. I oh. just told you you ha- can't have an opinion. And now you're, you're a white. product of rape. Oh, oh that's such a great, that's a great face. Oh. That's becoming a meme. Also, I want to tap on what you said, dog, because you said you really wanted to keep your daughter. And although you don't, you know, see it as the rape baby and stuff, other people who also go through that traumatic experience may actually see it like that, right? You wanted that, but there's other people that had their choice taken away from them. They shouldn't be shamed at going through this and even having to live through that experience of the rape baby. So one's worth is whether or not you're wanted, is what Asher is saying. That's what he said. That's what he's saying. So if I don't want my daughter anymore, I can just kill her. Because if you're ashamed, according to him, they're not needed. Well, it's just because, again, a perspective and subjection does not create morality. Again, I could say this. Well, man, 
because he's a person of color, right, too. He's black. Um, which, by the way, person of color is such a dumb phrase. I don't even know why I use it. I think it's just because I talked to so many woke leftists, so I'll use it. Um, <laughs> but it's such a dumb phrase. We're all people of color. But uh, anyway, um, you know, he's black. And it'd be like me going, well, man, you know, some people look at black people as humans. Other people don't. Who are you to say that? Like, come on. Like, no, it's either it's a human being with life and dignity and respect or it's not. Yeah. Period. Asher is objectively a human being worthy of life, liberty, and respect. And he's spouting things that are antithetical to his own humanity. Right. And he doesn't even realize it. Yeah. It's like... No, every single person in that little huddle there, ironically, has just as much value and worth, and they're all created in the image of God, and what's ironic is that there's a group of them that's arguing that they're not worth it, that they're not valuable, that is unless part. they're wanted. Here's you know the I mean? thing. When you get an abortion as a reaction to rape, you are continuing, continuing the cycle of violence. So you were raped, that was a violent experience that happened to you that wasn't your fault, you're hurt, you've been victimized. Um, why is it fair to further victimize someone else because you are hurt? But, why you're, is it but not- you're seeing it as a someone though, man. I'm putting myself in a woman's shoes or a human being's shoes, right? You take my choice away, you rape me. And who, for all you know, I might be a struggling, struggling human being, right? Making $8 an hour or something like that crazy bills. I might be living in my car. I might be sleeping in the dumpster behind McDonald's. But now because of your opinion, right, and my traumatic experience, I get shamed because I don't want to bring this life into the world, bro. Oh, but you should give birth and then put it in foster care if you don't want it, bro. The fact that he's like, I'm trying to put myself in another human being's shoes. And all is like, he say this to the girl who's just like, I was violently raped for multiple years. Like, <laughs> like I, I'm amazed that she's able to keep her cool. Because yeah. that would have been such a, you mean you're putting yourself in my shoes? He just mansplained humanity to the rape victim. <laughs> did you just say mansplain? I did. Because he did it. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. And then um, he brings up that I'll put him in foster care. Again, I know dozens of people through my own home and my own family in foster care. My wife is one of 12 adopted children. My two younger brothers are adopted from the foster system. Um, and guess what? Those people still de- deserve to live. It, is the system perfect? No. I will critique that to the day I die. There's a lot of problems with that system. Mm-hmm. But at least it doesn't kill people. And it doesn't justify killing people to exactly. avoid foster care. In fact, most people in the foster system who are working in the foster system knows it's a broken system, but it's trying to make it a better system, i.e. Sam, our friend, mm-hmm. and that's what she does. And she recognizes the flaws, but she works very hard to make it as best as she can. Yeah, and there are good people managing the foster care system, too. Exactly. That are trying really hard, but it's it's not a perfect system. Just like a lot of other institutions aren't perfect. But just because it's not perfect doesn't mean we kill it. Yeah. Like, is everyone, what about all the homeless shelters? Are they perfect? No. So should we just kill homeless people? Yeah. Are they not valuable? The IRS isn't perfect. I guess if you get a, a tax audit, you should just die. For a second, like for trauma, I think absolutely what I am passionate about is giving people the choice. And for you, you thought a lot about your choice and you wanted that pregnancy. And I'm really sorry that you lost that child. And I also thought a lot about for myself when I went through that experience, what choice would be best for me. And for me, that was not carrying the child. And I think trauma is such an interesting thing for me, not having control over a child growing inside of me and changing my 
fate of my life, you know, that would be more traumatic than the initial experience. We don't know how people are going to react, but I do fight and would want them to have the choice to do it. How is having a child more traumatic than being raped? That is the main question here, right? Women, mothers, what's more traumatic, being a mom or getting raped? What do you think's worse? I mean, I guess I can't put myself in that shoes, in those shoes, but I'm pretty sure I'm right that the rape part's the more traumatic one. Right, and plus, again, she goes, trauma's interesting. I just knew that would have been way hard. You know, it's worse for my life. Yeah, just <sighs> rhetoric. Yeah, it is. Equivocation. It, it's, it's, yeah, and just, and she just, and it, it just says, for me, for me, for me, again, subjective moralism right here. It just, oh, now what's true for you is not true for me. Um which, of course, we say is okay on only on certain acceptable things, but we never say that, like, what if I said the same thing about rape? Well, it's true for you that rape is bad, but what about me? Like, it's either something's right or it's wrong. So let's have a moral discussion and stop playing gymnastics. She said she's passionate about giving people a choice, and she said that a person growing in her would be traumatic. So she really isn't okay with giving people choices, only some people choices. The choice to live is not an important choice for a child to be given. Right, because the child doesn't get the choice. Because if any, everyone has a right to self-preservation, and that's an instinct. Also, ironically, as a rape victim, she should know this, how horrible it is when your bodily autonomy is robbed from you and someone sexually assaults you. Yeah. And then for you to take away your child, that, that you get pregnant, and then you take away that child's bodily autonomy too. As uh, Ayala said... You are continuing the cycle of violence mm -hmm. because someone robbed you of bodily autonomy. Now you're robbing your child of bodily autonomy. I think a strange misconception that people have about people who are pro-abortion is that we don't have respect for life or we don't care about children. That's absolutely not true. I respect life very much. Unfortunately, I've also seen a lot of uh, negative aspects of our systems in the U.S., like the foster care system. It's out of that respect that I believe people should have the right to choose an abortion. So it's out of that respect, it's out of the respect of how horrible the foster system is that you believe my brother should have been killed or could have been killed. Dude, she has a lot of respect for kids, okay? Because, well, I think, and then this whole, I think there's a misconception that we just don't care about life. We really do. Except for the life that you don't care about. Because you've made it clear. Everyone's made it clear on the pro-choice side. If you want it, it's considered a life invaluable. If you don't want it, it's your right. You are making my entire family their, all their value based on whether or not they were wanted in the first place. Can you imagine, and I'm not saying she's like this, but I'm just, imagine this hypothetical where someone who has admitted to raping a woman says, yeah, strange misconception that I don't love women. I love and respect women. It's like, no, you don't. You don't care for them at all. You don't get to say, well, in these cases, I don't have to respect them when I want to rape them. But in other cases, when I'm not raping them, I really respect them. It doesn't make, it doesn't logically follow. I don't see how they don't see this. It is literally the law so of non obvious. <laughs> Violates the law of non-contradiction. It kills me. America offers resources to help you raise a child. There's tax benefits to having children. I think there was also, uh, you know, in the latest round of COVID money, there was 
funding for women who've had children. Yeah, and there are so many um, Christian charities and so many different organizations that, that want to help women, you know, and, and the resources are there. Also, government resources. There are government resources that help you take care of children. Um, are there enough? That is a different question. I was basically just agreeing with what you said, because Section 8, food stamps, free health care, school programs and whatnot. Like, there are resources. Yeah, are there enough? Who that's, how, that's how my mom survived yeah. when she had me, because of government assistance. So yeah. that's, the only way she, that's the only way she made it, because of that. I'm going to ask your hypothetical. If we gave every woman a million dollars who got pregnant, could we make abortion illegal? What is the number? Yeah. What's the dollar figure? What's that the amount of resources? Makes this okay. Uh, that's that's why this this argument doesn't really hold for me. It's like okay, yeah, but some people it's like they don't want to live in a rough apartment or they want to have a certain type of living, so they don't want the kid because it would be an inconvenience to their current life situation. Uh, I, that's why this doesn't really fly with me. Like, okay, and also notice first is also the government required to do this. Is the requirement is the government required to give money for my sexual choices? Yeah, if you told someone this a hundred years ago, they'd be like, "What?" It's such a transformation we have in our perspective on what the role of the government is, and that the government just has to whatever choice I do, they got to make me whole. They just right. got to make it okay. I, no matter if I decide to be a lawyer or decide to work at McDonald's, they need to make sure that I have a proper lifestyle. That's such a you're, – you're essentially demanding that you can steal money from other people in order to have a certain lifestyle for whatever choices you choose. And it, it just – it's illogical. It's immoral. And um, it's not a good reason for abortion. Right. I just – I don't get it. So um... – Really, the church, the churches and Christians should be doing this. They should be the ones supporting. Yep. I have lambasted the church for lacking in doing this, which I think is why we've seen a push for the government to do it, because we're not seeing community do it. Um, Interesting comment. Comment, because I, I go back and forth, forth on this, but what do you, who do you think screwed it up first? Did the government usurp the church's role, and that's why we're in the position we're at? Or did the church neglect its role, and the government had to take over? Ooh, that's a good question. Put that in the comment. Yeah, let us know your thoughts down below. Um, all right, let's keep moving. I have been a pregnant teenager, and I've also been a teenage mother on welfare and unemployed. The number of resources that are available state to state is something that is atrocious. But what it comes down to is a lot of time and energy. Uh, the choice between do I go to work and get the money to pay rent or do I go and I sit in the office or do I go to this nonprofit who's requiring me to fill out this application and come to a meeting in the daytime when I'm supposed to be working. So you oh. see it kind of like a job, like you're clocking in to fill in paperwork it and is. you're receiving your check. It is. Low resources and creating these sort of impossible hurdles and more barriers for people who are already experiencing them to overcome to get the help is not a help at all. And I feel like a completely like separate conversation is it is extremely hard to be a single mother who is also a woman or person of color and to get resources, especially black women. They are notoriously, even in that room where they're giving birth, they 
they aren't taken seriously. Well, I just want to say one thing because I think it's important. So I might not look it, but I'm Native American, have my Cherokee card and everything. We have universal health care in the Indian community. And um, when she went to have me as a child, they told her in that universal health care system that she's not, she doesn't, she's not allowed to have pain medicine because that's a luxury. So she got it through government assistance. So that, 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 that's a big deal that the United States is, uh, more for than the Native American community. That is I'm glad such we're discussing. No, no, no. I'm not saying that's acceptable. I'm not saying that's acceptable. But I'm saying like it exists. It, it exists. That that story exists. But there are there are literal reservations out there that do not have water, do not have electricity, do not have internet. That is in 2021. Are those not resources to raise a child? So let's Why address that instead of yeah, killing that, the baby. To say that that's the government. Right. The let's question is, that. does that's the government provide resources? No. Does America provide resources? No. That's unacceptable. They don't provide any resources? <laughs> There's so many things that it's just like, wait, what? How did you get that turned around? Like, Rocky's whole thing is like, again, um, expecting. So she's like, well, I, have, I went through all these things. And no, it's not enough. You made it, didn't you? It was enough because you're here. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not saying it was easy. I'm not saying it was luxurious in any way, but come on. And then also, well, the fact that you have to fill out paperwork and make it so hard. Now, oh, and now also, it's what happens when you get the government involved and stuff. Usually, in general, it always makes it worse. Oh, yeah. Um, but also, again, you're asking, can we just be honest? You are asking for free stuff. If you want free stuff, and asking for free stuff isn't bad if you're in need, okay? That, that's okay. Like, I need help. Can you give me free stuff? <laughs> it's almost like a ransom. Like, look, we're going to keep killing our babies unless you give us more free stuff. Right. But if you're asking for free stuff and support, people need to make sure because resources are limited. I don't, nonprofits don't have an infinite supply of money and supplies. Okay. Is this person legitimate? I, as someone who's been a pastor, I've worked with these nonprofits before, and the amount of crazy things that come through that, those, those doors you don't know. If they made it that easy for everyone, they'd get taken advantage of by everyone, including just local people who just want to be cheap. Like, again, that's normal. You're asking for free stuff. This is part of that entitlement thing. Like, oh, no, I want the free stuff, but I also don't want to do any of the work for the free stuff. Y'all would have hated ancient Israel, yet people point to it all the time as like a socialist system. It's like, no, the rich people left the corners of their field but you still have to go get, go get the food. Yeah. They're like, okay, no, it's yours. It's yours for the taking, but you better come here and get it. You got to do the work a little bit to make sure you don't take advantage of the system. Well, and it, it's such a strange, like, little dove at the end talking about, like, there's reservations with no water or electricity or even internet. So that's not a, that's not a place you can raise a kid in. So you might as well kill it. So is that, does that apply to one-year-olds on reservations? What about 10-year-olds? If they don't have internet, kill them? Like, this is such a strange yeah. argument for abortion. Then he says that they had government health care, and notice how the government health care was not good. Yeah. Because when you, that's a, that, they're like, that's such a low bar, low, low bar. Yeah, that's what happens when you get government health care. It's a very low bar. That's why uh, a very, yes, various European countries don't have as high of cleanliness rates. They have higher mortality rates, and they also don't help as many other people. And that's because once you have universal health care, actually, Healthcare goes down. Abortions will continue to happen regardless of the law. Of course. All right, well. <laughs> that ain't never gonna change. I think, of course, they'll continue to happen. 
uh, a law doesn't mean that something is not going to happen at all anymore, just like rape, just like murder, just like anything else we've outlawed. Just because they're still going to happen doesn't make it right. But if you criminalize uh, doctors and abortion providers, right, that means we no longer have providers, that means abortion is no longer an option, and that by default the way that this country and especially my state legislates will mean, and it has happened, we have precedent, uh, a woman who tries to self-induce or who tries other non-medical methods to have an abortion can and has been criminalized. What is the policy that doesn't just absolutely take away the right that people have to access an abortion regardless of what their, their own beliefs are. If, if that child is a human being deserving of the right to life, then yes, it should be criminalized just like murder of two-year-olds and five-year-olds. And adults is criminalized, right? But that's, that's, so, that's, that's, so, that's so different, though. You got people that's, you have people that's two years old, already out the womb. They've been here for years, right? And then you got these cells. Can I ask you something? Go ahead. When does it stop being a clump of cells? Personally, I'm not worried about the clump of cells. Decades of medical... Who's like, well, yeah, these are just cells. When does it stop being a clump of cells? Well, I'm not actually worried about the clump of cells. Oh, so you're... That was a red herring. Like, yep. He's he like, that, I'm not going to lie. Asher is really, really frustrating. He's clearly ignorant on this topic, and he's really dumb when it comes to this topic. I'm not saying he's a tor terribly... Uh, whatever. Um, I'm it, sure he's a smart... Delightful man, but on this topic, he does not, not his, know what he's talking not about. His, not his thing, okay? He's not very good at this. But I am thankful for him in this because he continually, because he's put such little thought into it, Asher straight up is like, I, he's constantly showing the problems. Yep. So he's like, You're right, I can't defend that. <laughs> you're right. Huh, yeah, you're right. Never mind. Just dodge, goalpost shift, ignore, sidestep. Um, also, we did. We barely even touched on the fact that Mila used uh, people of color as an excuse for that. Yeah. But what's funny is that people of color um, are more aborted than born in the state of New York. Um, yeah. So, uh, are you saying that it's better to that black people abort their kids as opposed to them being like? I, the, the, her, the whole people of color argument and the, the, all that stuff, usually you have to look at geography, you have to look at culture, you have to look at so many other factors more than just skin color. If all you're seeing is skin color, you're doing the thing wrong. Because yeah. usually it deals with facilities, res, uh, resources, eco economy, location. There's a lot of things that contribute to why you might see those. Now, granted, if all there's all those things that are negative that lead to higher mortality rates um, in a white community you're going to see a lot of white people dying, right? Therefore, if a predominantly black community, you're going to see the same thing, okay? If all those negative things are there to create such a scenario. So again, this whole white-black thing, it's just, yeah. she's, she's just hiding behind a race issue, and that's a stupid one. And I love what Rocky gets into. She's like, well, if they criminalize it, then women are going to self-induce, and, you know, and they might get in trouble for it. We have precedent for, you know, they're going to, People are going to get mad at him for killing their kids. Like, like, That's have you heard? Have you heard a more privileged statement in your life? Like, well, you know, we can't let this happen because I might have to kill my own kids. Like, I can't pay someone to do it, and then I'm going to get in trouble for it. Like, can you just like this is this is so remarkably oozing American privilege and what she's saying. It's it's so anti-life. It's so anti-logical. And it's just, yes, yes, if it's illegal to kill someone, 
it will probably be frowned upon and you'll probably get in trouble. Right. <laughs> Look at slavery, right? The government took the method away legally to own another person. Are people still enslaved today? Yes. Does the enslaver take on a great risk of doing this? Yes. He's risking his own life, liberty, and wealth. Absolutely. Yeah. That doesn't mean we didn't criminalize it. You know what that does? It puts a lot of pressure against him from doing that. Right. Like they said, like they're all agreeing on, abortion will continue regardless of law. But it will and can be dramatically reduced. Look at Mexico. Lowest abortion rate in the world. Right. Recognize in half of the states in Mexico that a fertilized egg is constitutionally protected human being. Oddly enough, they're very Catholic down there, too, which means they're mm -hmm. very pro-life. But just throwing that out there. Also, Hispa the Hispanic and like South American culture, especially Mexico, they're very family-oriented, which means they're community-focused. Almost like culture makes a really big difference. Yeah. Valuing well, each other. Listen to what Mila says next. To land on that and answer. And I'm trying to answer your question. As far so as do you believe says, that abortion should be allowed all nine months of pregnancy? I do feel that's a bit more extreme. So, so, so I will but agree why? on that. Aspect. But why is it more extreme? Is it? Wait, but let's exactly. not act yeah. like women are just deciding to get abortions at like during their second or third trimester. And the women who are doing it, it's either that they're going to die giving birth or it's under some medical circumstances, because no, I doubt, even myself, I doubt that I would get to a six month, seven month mark and then decide, oh, actually, I don't want to make this commitment. I feel like there's a lot of this. <laughs> So, so he he just eat, he, he eats his own words so oh, hard. So bad. She's like, so up to nine months. Like, well, that's a bit extreme. It's like, well, you said you don't want to get the couple of cells argument. Something like, well, no, I think that's actually a person because I have no way to deny that. Um, yeah. yeah. And then Mila's like, well, people, let's stop pretending that women are just doing this because they want in second or third trimester. Again, you've already advocated, Mila, this entire time that women can do it whenever they want. And women do do it whenever they want. Yeah. Is late-term abortion less Likely, yes. Usually because by the time you've held a baby that long, you usually want to keep it because you didn't abort it if you were pro-choice. But it doesn't mean it doesn't happen. Again, Gosnell. Yes. And also, fun fact, maybe the laws actually work because 40 of the 50 states, or 51 if you include D.C., outlaw abortion after certain stage of viability, late-term abortions. They're not allowed legally. So maybe <laughs> the reason, the reason why, they're, why so they're rare is because they're not allowed in the majority of the United States. And uh, this whole misconception, too, like you can tell just how uneducated she is in this subject. To say that a, a second trimester, third trimester baby has to be aborted because of some medical reason for the mother. We have an episode on this. But I'm telling you, you still have to give birth to the dead baby. If, if there, is a, there is a medical risk to the mother to give birth... Killing it isn't going to solve it. It's just going to mean you deliver a dead baby instead of a live baby. Emergency C-sections can be done quickly. You've Your wife has experienced one. Dude, that They are good. You, If you watch... Eight minutes? Prenatal team, when they go full emergency mode, it's like watching a well... Well-oiled machine. They know what they're doing. They are so fast. All they 10 sliced. of them just swoop in. That baby is out of there in seconds, and they are taking care of that mom. They sliced my wife open and ripped out my child like a sushi chef, man. <laughs> Within eight minutes, I had a nurse coming in going, your baby's fine. She's doing great. Uh, we'll bring her over here in a minute. Do you want to be with your wife or your daughter? And I'm like, already? 
Like, how's are having anxiety attacks on the phone with my father-in-law, and boom, that fast. Also, when they're like, oh, you know, it's usually because of a health reason that they're aborting them. Hey, Brian, in the second trimester, do you need, absolutely need an abortion? No, you don't. Was you can, your, you wasn't can. your son born in the second trimester? Yes. And we went through a lot of medical complications because of it, but it was still way better than killing him. But he had, now he's but, 10 years old. But he, had, but he had a fighting chance, right? He had a fighting chance. Were the chances high that he'd survive? Not at that time. Right. But they were, they were there. It was, I think, 20%, I think, is what the numbers they gave us. They gave us a pamphlet with numbers in it. It was the most depressing and scary thing I've ever been given to in my life. Like, here's some odds of how this is going to go. It's like, okay. <laughs> Not good. <laughs> so just saying, just because you have, the, the chances are low. Just because it's second trimester. So if you're like in your second trimester and you're like, oh my gosh, I really don't want this baby. Well, they can get do a C-section here in a little bit. Yep. Baby will be just fine. You don't have to kill it. And you'll be fine. Anyway. And I think we can end there because they just have a couple final thoughts. But that's pretty much the episode. Um, we'll link it in the description if you want to watch it completely uh, start to finish without our commentary. <laughs> and get everything in full context. Um, but that was kind of interesting. I guess kudos to Jubilee for finding, what, two rape victims, a product of rape, one person that had an abortion, one person that could have had an abortion because they had a teenage pregnancy and didn't, one person had a teenage pregnancy and kept it but is mad about it. Um, there's a lot of different perspectives they had crammed in here. Mm -hmm. um, so it did make for an interesting conversation. Not some of the best arguments on either side. There were some fumbles, but you at least got to see, I think, a lot of the standard argumentation on this topic. Right. And I also, uh, we should point out the fact that notice one side is continually bringing up a, a line for morality. Mm -hmm. The other side is saying that the line for morality is whether or not someone is wanted. That's the standard. Um, then notice that the pro-life side is the only one being super careful about their rhetoric. Mm -hmm. You pointed that out. I'm like, yeah, it's true. Because that usually is very true of pro-lifers. We tend to be ex or abolitionists. We tend to be very, very specific on our verbiage. Mm -hmm. Okay. And um, we even go as far as condemn other pro-lifers for using awful rhetoric, like yelling at women going to an abortion clinic and, and using obscene language, right? That We don't think that works. Right. We're trying to regulate ourselves and go, no, there's more effective communication, and you can do it morally and ethically. Right. So, guys, um, hope this, this was a very long episode, but I hope this was helpful for you. Um, kind of feels good to be back to form a little bit, mm -hmm. back to what, we're, we're, what I think we're good at. Um, um, also, just... Um, if you've had an abortion or you've been raped or these things and you've experienced them, consider the fact that every life is a gift from God, which means if you were even pregnant from something horrible, that was a gift from God. And it is a gift from God. And maybe it's the gift from God that you need to give you some strength through it. And you might, what you might be looking at as a burden now, it can actually be your greatest blessing. If you've had an abortion, know that there is grace. Okay? We don't think you're horrible people. We think what, what happened was evil. But you might have been deceived. You might not have known. Mm -hmm. And that's, that is a thing. That happens. Many of us are deceived. And you know that's why the Bible makes clear those who do right and do not do it. Right, So the, those who know it, 
where those who know what is right and wrong will be held accountable. But if you did know better and you did it anyway, does not mean that it's not forgiveness. Does not mean that you can't turn life around. I believe in genuine repentance. I believe anyone can repent from any singular sin on the face of the earth. There's nothing you can do to another person that cannot be forgiven before God. And I know a lot of people don't like that nowadays, but it's just the truth. So anyhow, guys, anything you want to add real quick, Brian? No, I just uh, hope hope our points were clear. Hope it made sense. Um, We did get a little spicy at a few times, but um, you know that's kind of our character. But we do this because we have a passion for it. We understand that there are two lives in every situation. We're talking about pregnancy, life of the mother, life of the child. We're not negating one or the other. We're saying they're both, they're both um, valid. They're both worth um, life. They both desire and want uh, body autonomy. Um, we are trying to balance both, and we're trying to follow morality. We're trying to follow science, and we're trying to follow logic. And I th- think you'll probably see here um, especially if you like linear logic, that there isn't a logical argument for abortion. There's a lot of insinuation. There's a lot of emotional manipulation. There's a lot of um, desire to neglect responsibility and avoid it. Um, and there's a lot of desire to um, equivocate different things that are unrelated. Um, I think, I, I think and I hope that we will see a time where, like they said, abortion is stigmatized. It is illegal. It's unthinkable. And we'll look back and go, I can't believe people were for that. I just can't believe people did that. And that will be a great time. I agree. So, guys, as always, like and subscribe to The Church Split. Comment down below. Your Our favorite comment will be featured in the next episode. Also, if anyone knows how to contact Ayala so we can interview her, please get us in touch. Uh, and if you made it to the end of this episode... You're the true MVPs because this is a long one. You must have had a lot of chores. <laughs> yes. So, guys, thank you so much for everything, and we'll see you next time on The Church Split. Take care, and God bless.